Hey, it's Kanzano. I appreciate you making this podcast part of your day. Make sure you subscribe if you want more and leave us some feedback. Away we go. Initialize sequence. Welcome to The Baldcast, a production of John Kanzano's Baldface Truth. B F F T. Now, built by High Caliber Millwrights, live from the Bet MGM Sportsbook at Spirit Mountain Casino, here's John Canzano with a bald-faced truth. The big voice guy is telling the truth. We are in the Bet MGM Sportsbook at Spirit Mountain Casino. We will be here till 6 o'clock. Uh, I hope you stop by. We've got a great show for you. Dennis Dixon, two-time Super Bowl champion, former Oregon Duck quarterback, will be with us. I want to ask him what that was like when he was playing. Were they headed to the national championship game before Dennis Dixon's ACL broke down? How is his ACL? We'll see if he can corner here in the sports book. Uh, Steven is on site. It's good to see you, man. Good to have you here. Yeah, man. It's good to see you and Anna. This is I, phenomenal. I know. I finally get to see Anna's face. I just hear her voice. And <laughs> so it's good to actually put a face to the person. And you too, John. You know. So it's good to see yeah, you as well. Yeah, thank you. Yeah, nobody nobody ever says it's good to see my face. No, no. It's good to see Anna. <laughs> you, it's that? only okay. <laughs> Why is that? <laughs> Anna, what do you think of the sports book? Uh, you've been to Vegas. You've seen the Vegas sports books. Um, I'm, I'm going to tip off what I thought when I walked in, but go ahead. What did I, you? I'm just really impressed, not just by the sports book, but by the whole casino in general. Like, it's been a few years since I've been here, and I didn't know they, they went to a completely smoke-free facility. Like, they do have areas outside for smokers to go to, and they're building a, a new area for smokers, but inside... It's so clean and so pleasant, and I'm excited to check out one of yeah. their six restaurants tonight for dinner. All right, so what I gather is it, the room being clean and smoke-free yeah. matters to you. Big time. That's what you're looking for in a casino. Yeah, yeah. So, like, when we go to Vegas and you walk into, like, New York, New York, or, uh, you know, even MGM Grand, and it's not as, uh, as smoke-free. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I think that that makes me want to stay here and come back and gamble, to be honest with you. Yeah. How about you, Stephen? What are you looking for? Are you looking for smoke-free, or are you just looking for the latest lines? I mean, I just want the latest lines. I want a lot of TVs. I want some flashy lights, and this is what it is. Like, you know, there's not many sportsbook in Oregon. There's the one in A&A, but, like, this is as close as you're going to get to Vegas. Right, if you're in Oregon, you want to go to a Vegas type sportsbook. This is it. So yeah. for me, like that's what I want. They got a lot of TVs, a lot of lights. Uh, they got the kiosk. I've already made a couple of bets, John. I got yeah. here, so uh, I'm ready to go, man. Yeah, and Stephen pointed out uh, a gentleman that was sitting here in the sportsbook, and there's uh, quite a few people sitting around the area. But uh, he was eating French fries and he was watching the watching the TVs and looking at the lines. And Stephen's like, "That's the life I want." <laughs> I hope my <laughs> wife's listening. Yeah, that's that's retirement life. Just. Coming down to Spirit Mountain, catching the bus, and uh, just hanging out. Over you want that to be your full-time job? Yeah. Yeah. Is that possible? <laughs> well, all right. So you you come into the uh, sports book. Your eyes go where? It goes straight to the kiosks. The kiosks, yeah. are, those those are the best. I, I love it because I don't have to you know deal with people. Yeah, I mean, I, I talk you, on the radio, but like, not I, person, I'm not a people person. Yeah. So I like to go to the kiosk. I like to look <laughs> at all the lines and just, you know, yeah. I go straight to that and I just check it out, you know. But I do my research before, so I know what I kind of looking for. Wait, yeah. explain what do you mean by kiosk? Those things over yeah, there? Yeah, those kiosks. That's, okay, where, I make that's your, where you place the bets. That's where I make the bets. You get the paper. You get, yeah. Oh, there's so, okay. there's not a better feeling than having the 
A bet slip in your hand is great. You like the bet slip. I love and, a bet slip. Yeah. So it, basically, Anna, what it is is it's a touch screen over yeah. there. Yeah. And he, all the lines, all the spreads are on the board here, that giant board over here that has got all the numbers and yeah. the minuses and the pluses. He can go over to the kiosk, and there's about 10 of them lined up there, that, uh, so there's no waiting. And he can place his wager there Yeah. Uh, with the Bet MGM Spirit Mountain Casino kiosk. That's so interesting because this thing has only been open for about a year. And, you know, Jocelyn with Spirit Mountain was yeah. telling me how – on, you know, big game days and in the fall with football, because this is the only place in Oregon that you can bet on college sports, yeah. Yeah, am I you, right? Yeah. Like, they had huge crowds here, and they're anticipating they have a big party coming up for the Super Bowl um, with the Civil War. They had a ton of people in here, so they draw a crowd. It's yeah, because you can't, you can't wager on college events with DraftKings and, you know, the Oregon Lottery's offerings. Yeah. You can't do any of that. You've got to be here at Spirit Mountain to do that. And I do that. And you do. During college football season. I, you come I, here. I come down here, yeah. I drive down here usually Friday night after the show. I have to put the kids to bed because, you know, I'm a night owl. Yeah. I have to stay up late. So I'll just drive down here and place my bets and come back down. Are you kind of a high roller here? Like when you come <laughs> no, in, do they, I wish. Do, they, do, they, do you have like a person? He's like, uh, hey, Mr. Steven, glad to see you back here. They scan you know? your license plate on yeah. the way into the parking lot, and they're like, hey, eyes we need the, to greet that guy. Eyes in the sky, find me right away. <laughs> I feel like now that I know you guys, that you guys can hook me up with somebody. Yeah, that's that's the way it works. <laughs> oh, yeah, uh, we know yeah, people. Anna, Anna, got hook up there? <laughs> We've got a great show today. Uh, U.S. Senator Ron Wyden will be with us. Do I call him a U.S. Senator? Is that what I call him? You like, can. Or do I just say Senator yeah. Ron Wyden? Yeah, you can just say Senator. You don't have to say Did you guys know he played college basketball? D1 college basketball. I did really? UC Santa Barbara. Six foot three inch Ron Wyden. They called him Crazy Legs Wyden back in college. <laughs> Uh, he played for UC Santa Barbara. He's going to join us uh, here in the 3 o'clock hour because I want to talk to him about a few things. Number one, next Monday, you've got the uh, commissioner of the WNBA who's coming to Portland. She's going to meet with Kelly Graves, the University of Oregon women's coach, and Scott Ruick, the Oregon State women's coach, among others. They're going to have a roundtable discussion. Basically, they're trying to bring the WNBA to Portland. So Ron Wyden is behind that, Senator Wyden behind that as well. But I want to ask him about Bill Shonley. He was very close with the Shans. And also, um, you know, NIL, Transfer Portal. We know the NCAA is toothless and terrible when it comes to enforcement and regulations. Uh, what does a lawmaker say about the possibility that college athletics would look to senators like Senator Wyden and say, help us fix this, put some guardrails on NIL? I'll ask him about that. That's coming up at 3.30. I want you here for it. We're going to have Dennis Dixon, former University of Oregon quarterback, will be here in the 5 o'clock hour, the happy hour, to talk about his experience in the NFL and life after football. But i got to know, back in the day when he was uh, at that game at uh, you know Arizona State, late in the season, Oregon surging towards the BCS playoffs, like if Dennis Dixon's ACL holds up, do the Ducks end up playing for a national championship uh, pre-Chip Kelly head coaching era? Or what does Dennis Dixon think about it? Like, does he wake up in the middle of the night and go, damn it, you know, like a lot of Duck fans do? We'll talk to Dennis Dixon about that. Plus, we're going to talk with the uh, sportsbook operator here, the manager of the sportsbook here at Spirit Mountain, about what they have going on for the Super Bowl. Uh, we haven't talked a lot about the Chiefs and the Eagles. I want your phone calls, 503-417-7575. 
And here's what I want you to tell me. I want you to tell me who's going to win the Super Bowl. I want you to build a case for your team winning the Super Bowl, whoever you're picking. Because you know, if, you're an, if you're an Eagles fan, I think you can, you can build a case that like, they, they've just been great all year. Look at what they've done in the playoffs. They dismantled the New York Giants. They beat the 49ers, unfortunately. They're arriving in the Super Bowl relatively healthy, uh, you know, well-rested. They didn't get I – don't, I don't think they really got tested in the playoffs. Meanwhile, the Chiefs are kind of hobbling in. Patrick Mahomes limping through the AFC title game. Uh, you know, who do you like in the Super Bowl? I like the Chiefs. Uh, I'll build a case for it. But who do you like and why? 503-417-7575. Stephen, who do you like and why? I'm leaning Chiefs right now. Um, I, I'm not I'm not 100% sure how healthy Jalen Hurts is. He hasn't been tested yet with that shoulder. Um, and you look at last game. You know, they, they scored 31 points against the Niners, but they only averaged 3.8 yards a play. Not very good. So it's not as if that offense is really humming right now. Um, so I, I like the Chiefs. I know Patrick Mahomes has been hurt as well, but I, I just trust uh, Mahomes and Andy Reid in this situation. So I'm with you. I like the Chiefs. Yeah, the experience of being there before, it's so valuable. Anna, should I ask you who you like in the Super Bowl, or what are we eating at our Super Bowl Ooh. party? Uh, Which topic would you like to tackle? We're going to have wings. We'll have chili. I always make a chili. I'm not a wings fan. I know you aren't, but that's okay. So I'll, I'll eat them. It's a lot of work. Mm-hmm. The wings. There's yeah. a bone. Your hands are all sticky. But it's real, like manly. Like, yeah, you know, I got a bone. Like a <laughs> you'll probably caveman. like the boneless wings, which yeah. I don't really. That's just the a chicken, chicken nugget. Chicken nugget. Like it's a yeah. chicken okay. nugget. Like well, you'll actually buy the thing that's labeled boneless wings, and yeah. I, I've never understood that. Yeah, because I don't want that thing of having to strip away right. that little bit of meat to get to it. I it's know. So like, just buy a chicken nugget. <laughs> or I could buy boneless wings and get the chicken without the hassle. <laughs> How about them? <laughs> so, yeah, but maybe the Eagles. I don't know. You're, you're leaning Eagles. Peter, who do you like? You're back in studio. I'm sorry you're not here. Yeah, that's all right. I mean, someone's got to hold it down here. But uh, I, I think I like the Eagles. I mean, they looked so good all season long, and you can't argue with the results. They beat the pants off the Giants. Maybe the Giants didn't deserve to be there. They beat the pants off the 49ers. 49ers had a lot of bad luck in that game, but ultimately, I mean, they're the team that's looked the best from game one to right now. Do you think, though, that they haven't been tested at all? Like, I, I kind of wonder, the Giants, to me, eh, barely in the playoffs. The Niners didn't have a quarterback. Like, I, you know, the Chiefs, were they're battle-tested. That was an absolute battle they had with the Bengals there. It, it was a, an absolute battle. I think maybe the uh, the Eagles have been tested against good teams. They've just passed with flying colors. And, I mean, you can't blame the 49ers for not scoring any points. But, I mean, what the Eagles did against that defense, yeah, the defense was out on the field for a long time. I was just really, really impressed by what they did. So, like, I would want to pick Mahomes and the Chiefs because they've been there before. But, man, Phillies look good to me. Judah Newby, who do you like in the Super Bowl and why? Build your case. John. I like Philly as well, and uh, I don't love it because Patrick Mahomes is an underdog. Uh, he passes with flying colors pretty much every time, as we saw. I picked Cincinnati in the AFC title game. I had 23-20, to and it finished 23-20. Yeah. But, of course. You're the wrong team. Wrong team. Yeah, I like Cincinnati, too. That, it, but I think both those teams might be better than the Eagles. Maybe. I would, I'm wary of discrediting Philly's path, though, because what do we see for – the majority of the regular season. They were really good, and they kept proving it over and over and over again. Almost boring. Yeah. But sometimes boring is a safe bet. One and a half, I think, is fair. I would probably lay it with Philly just because Kansas City is so banged up. But you do make a compelling case, yeah. and I'm wavering and a little bit. two weeks. Patrick Mahomes, two weeks off. 
Andy Reid against yeah. his former team. Yeah, come on. It's it's going to be great. And we yeah. always see dramatic Super Bowls in Arizona. I mean, everyone that's played there, I would know from Super Bowl 49. Yeah. Uh, but everyone that's played there is a thriller. This one should be as well. Well, there you have it. I want your Super Bowl pick. Build your case. 503-417-7575. We're broadcasting today from Spirit Mountain. We are at the BetMGM Spirit Mountain Casino Sportsbook. Stop by, say hello if you're in the neighborhood. Leave it here. Back to the bald-faced truth with John Canzano, live from the BetMGM Sportsbook at Spirit Mountain Casino on 750 The Game. Who do you like in the Super Bowl and why? Build a case for your Super Bowl champion. You got the Philadelphia Eagles. You got the Kansas City Chiefs. I like the Chiefs. Uh, some others here on the show like the Eagles. Anna likes wings at her Super Bowl party. Uh, and uh, if you are in the neighborhood of Spirit Mountain Casino, please stop by the sportsbook, the Bet MGM Spirit Mountain Casino Sportsbook. We are here till 6 o'clock broadcasting. Dennis Dixon will be here in the 5 o'clock hour in person, if you uh, want to meet the former University of Oregon quarterback, he will be here. He said he'll stick around after the broadcast and take some pictures if you're interested in that. But I want to go to the phone lines. 503-417-7575 is the phone number. Tell me who you like in the Super Bowl and why. Let's go to Brian, who is in Milwaukee. Brian, you're going to lead us off. Who you got? Yeah, uh, tell Vaughn hello, and he knows Coach Tag. So ask him who knows more about football, him or me. But I have a song for the Chiefs. Okay. And I want to hear it. This is their song after the Super Bowl. Okay. I want to play you, but I'm getting blown away. <laughs> I mean, Eagles all the way, they're going to crush them. Do you have another verse you know, of that I, song? I want to hear more. I know some more, but I don't want to yeah. sing that much. It's going to so. be a no for me as far as passing you on to the next round of this comp singing competition. But Send him to uh, Hollywood. <laughs> no golden ticket today, Coach, but <laughs> thank you for calling in. No, but tell Vaughn I'm so proud of him. He's doing great, and you've got a great show. Well, thank you. I appreciate that he's here. Thanks, Coach. See, that's, is that your old coach? Yeah, no, he uh, so one of my best friends. That's his dad. He coached me in 7th and 8th grade and freshman basketball. Yeah. Uh, unbelievable football coach. He didn't know a lot about basketball, but, like, motivation-wise, he really taught me a lot, and he taught me some hey. really good life lessons, especially hey. in basketball, that I, I told him I will never forget. Hey, Coach, give us an idea. Give us some life lessons. Like, let me hear some of that wisdom. Uh... Be a good person. Yeah. Play when you play sports. Play as hard as you can, and then deal with the result. That's a good thing if you're playing and doing everything you can do, and that's a good thing in life. So there's there you go. Real quick. All right. All right. Appreciate you singing. Did he sing at practices? Was that? No. He is a uh, intimidating fella too. That's really. The thing. Yeah. Very big guy. Is he big guy? Big guy. Really. Big, big. What do you mean by big? Like tall, big? Tall and football, big. Like like we like want him. We should have him as a bodyguard on the show. I believe he played at Western Oregon. Okay. Like the defensive line, like that kind of big. Okay. That's big. Yeah. So we could we could have him be our bouncer. Definitely. <laughs> on the scene. Definitely. All right. I like that. Um, look, we got uh, U.S. Senator Ron Wyden coming up bottom of the hour. I'll take more of your phone calls. 
Who do you like in the Super Bowl and why? 503-417-7575. I got a lot of people telling me they're not going to watch the game, but I don't believe them. I think that's something people say when their team gets eliminated. But I think like a lot of maybe I know too many Niner fans, and they're going, I don't want to. I don't want to see another game. Team got knocked out. Didn't have a quarterback. But I think uh, they will come around once the game starts to uh, starts to uh, come back together. So let's see what happens with that. Um, hey Anna, let me ask you a question here. When I have uh, Ron Wyden on coming up, uh, he always brings up Sabrina Ionescu. Yeah. He name drops her, I think. Yeah. Well, he's proud of her, right? Do you think that's a thing politicians do? What? You've interviewed a lot of politicians. He knows Sabrina's popular. Yeah. So is he drafting a little bit on that as a uh, U.S. senator going, you know, hey, uh, drop a Sabrina mention in? Oh, I'm, I don't know about that. He's probably just proud of her like the rest of us are, right? And trying to, like, yeah. reestablish, you know, make sure he's got the Oregon connection, right? Well, I, I will tell listeners – Tune in for this interview coming up uh, in, at 3.35 or so as uh, Senator Ron Wyden joins in. Let's see. Let's play that game. Like, the password is Sabrina. <laughs> and if he says Sabrina, everybody should win like a Chalupa or something. <laughs> chalupa. That should be part of it. Um, all right. So uh, I want to pivot a little bit towards yesterday we had Oregon and Oregon State doing their signing day parties. Okay. So they had... Uh, Oregon had uh, the Nike World Headquarters. Can we just call it Nike? Like when they sent it, they said Nike World Headquarters. Yeah. Uh, but they had the Tiger Woods Center. They had their party there. Oregon State was at the Embassy Suites. Petros Papadakis was on stage at Oregon State. He told me this morning, he said there was a tremendous energy mm -hmm. around the Oregon State party. I'm sure the Oregon party was as well. Do you think – I didn't get as excited about this signing day because we had early signing period. Yeah. Like early, like weeks ago. Uh -huh. And it was really anticlimactic to me because I thought, you know, like all the splash and the noise and Dan Lanning smoking a cigar on social media, all that already happened. Right. Like, you know, we didn't have a whole bunch. Yeah. I was confused by that, actually, because Oregon made such a big splash about all the people they yeah. signed. You know, like on their Instagram, they just showed like it was almost like a billboard of all yeah. the people they signed. So, yeah, I was actually confused that yesterday was a big day and yeah. a big celebration day. Well, we'll see. Uh, but that's good that there's excitement think, on both but sides. But I'm just though. wondering, like, did I not do enough? I feel like, like, you know, have you ever been around Christmas time and you go, oh, do I, did, I get, did I get the kids enough? Yeah. I don't know if we, get, we got the listeners enough when it came, as it came to, you know, sort of signing day and that whole thing. I you know? think that signing day was probably really important to a focus group of people and then not as much beyond that. I don't know. Maybe the listeners could tell us. Tweet at me, at John Canzano BFT, if you feel like you needed uh, more from your signing day. I, I just didn't. I just think that's part of the byproduct of uh, football having an early signing period and a later national signing day that we're just not going to have all of the um, hoopla around the February date that has pr traditionally happened. Like, that, was, that used to be National Signing Day. I remember years ago, I went out to uh, the hangar or the airport, you know, out by PDX, all of the armed services have sort of their joint recruiting center. Is that what they call it? Like, yeah. you know, Army, Navy, yeah. Air Force, Marines, you mm -hmm. know, the few, the proud, like they have their recruiting center out yeah. there. Um, I, I did a column one year on... Like, these are the real recruits. Yeah. This is na National Signing Day. You can have it in football, but these are the real recruits, the, these people who sign up to, 
you know, defend our country and, you know, uh, volunteer to be part of the, you know, one of the armed forces. And, and I thought about that yesterday because I was like, man, like the, uh, I guess the, the wind got taken out of the sails, so to speak, as it pertained to National Sighting Day and, uh, and football. Uh, I want to bring on uh, Jocelyn from Spirit Mountain here for just a second. Uh, Jocelyn is been here forever. Jocelyn Huffman from with Spirit Mountain. I'll just have you take a seat there in front of the mic, Jocelyn. Now, now, you you're doing marketing here now. Yes. But when you first got here, all those years ago, how many years ago? How many long oh, have you been gosh. here? I'm thinking about 18 years. Okay. When I was looking at that. Did yeah. you come in marketing right away, or? I came in as a marketing management intern. So I interned in all the different departments within marketing. Yeah. So host department our players club graphics um promotions and, events and now concerts. you're running you're like the you're like frank sinatra <laughs> here you're running this thing <laughs> oh yeah and we're, we're doing pr i'm doing pr and our our corporate partnerships now so it's a fun job give me an idea okay so you know our audience uh i don't want to stereotype our audience but i'm thinking we have a lot of men who listen to the show. They're sports fans. We have women who listen to the show who are sports fans. I think a lot of family-oriented people. What are we selling to them when we say, hey, come to Spirit Mountain and walk through the doors? Well, I think casino goers are a lot like sports fans because you're looking to be entertained, right? I mean, that's that's where you're spending your money. That's where you're spending your time. You want to get your mind off of off of different things. So I think casino goers are a lot like sports fans. Um, obviously, that's why we've been so you know, so supportive of yeah. our sports teams in Oregon. So, I mean, right now, coming out of COVID, we're getting our entertainment back. So yeah. you'll see some concerts going on. Good. Our sports book's been open now for about a year. It's This place is huge. Yeah, it's I, Yeah, this it's is no joke. Big, yeah. You know, how do you how do you describe that to people? Because I, I didn't, until I saw it, really grasp how much of the footprint is dedicated to the sports book. It's huge. Well, and so this room has really evolved. And like we were talking about earlier, this was kind of the original first piece of the casino. So this yeah. was the bingo hall. This was the concert hall. And then, you know, this has been full of machines for so long. Yeah. So you walk in, you don't, you know, when the machines are taken out, there's a lot of space in here. Yeah, you don't realize it. You don't realize it at all. Yeah. So, yeah, it's it's a big space. And we actually, um, it's been about a year. Last April, we opened the Ten Barrel Hopyard project, which is just right across here. Yeah. So that's actually been the perfect addition because working with Ten Barrel and and the brewing, so we we really just expanded that area out. That used to be a cage where you'd go cash things in, and so Ten Barrel yeah. um, met them down at a, a the Beaver Bowl game, Jimmy Kimmel Bowl, and we got to talking about you know Jeremy and Chris, the owners, grew up in Lincoln City. They know a lot of our tribal members. We got to talking about hop yards, and a lot of our tribal members worked in the hop yards growing up. My grandparents, my great-grandparents worked in the hop yards. So we kind of came together and came up with this idea to call it the hop yard and to pay homage to tribal members that yeah. worked within, in the hop yards in the early 1900s. I love that story. Yeah, and yeah. it's it's not just our tribe, but tribes within Oregon. And we were the hop yard capital of, of the world, really, in the early 1900s. So that really has added a lot of fun to this area. But, you know, we have the, the Mountain View Sports Bar. We opened Jalapenos, which is a fresh Tex-Mex. We opened Happy Dragon, which is um, a, a restaurant that's in Portland. And they actually came out, and it's a family-owned and operated. And uh, so, yeah, there's just a lot, of, a lot of new things that are going on. We've got the new Link Room, which is the Buffalo Link, Dragon Link. And then we have a Mega and Rapid Riches Room. So those are progressive slot machines. 
that right now we're waiting for a $50,000 jackpot to hit that I really yeah. could hit at any time. That's why I think Steven's wandering over there to check that out because it's <laughs> that is the room to go to right now. 50,000 and he just turned and started walking. <laughs> yeah, yeah, you got a ticker on the wall and so you can watch it. <laughs> well, and you were saying too with the sports book, like it, it draws a crowd. It I does, was really it does. Interested it depends in on that. it depends on, you know, what games we've got going on, but you're able to bet on college sports. Mm. So, so that's a big draw, and um, I think right now it's kind of calm before the storm, right? We've got Super Bowl coming up. Yeah. But it, this draws a crowd depending on what's going on. I mean, look at all the screens. Yeah, it's phenomenal. And people, you know, look, Steven said that. He said he'd just come in here to watch games, and he, he does that already. <laughs> so yeah. I think it's great what you have going here. Thank you for having us out here. Of course. I know we're going to talk with your sportsbook manager later in the show. Uh, U.S. Senator Ron Wyden is coming up next. Thank you, Jocelyn, for yes, stopping by. Yes, thank you for coming out. We're at Spirit Mountain. We're in the Bet MGM Spirit Mountain Casino, Casino Sportsbook. Uh, stop by if you're around. U.S. Senator Ron Wyden is up next. The password is Sabrina. Back to the bald-faced truth with John Canzano, live from the Bet MGM Sportsbook at Spirit Mountain Casino on 750 The Game. We are broadcasting today from Spirit Mountain Casino. If you're in the neighborhood, I want you to stop by. they got great restaurants out here and the sports book. Joining us, as he has many times, uh, U.S. Senator Ron Wyden from the state of Oregon. Uh, he uh, has been involved in sports and appeared on this show. Uh, before we get too deep into anything, uh, I want to ask you, Senator Wyden, about Bill Shonley and your relationship. Uh, like a lot of people, you knew him well. I miss him so much, and I've kept the Shonley voice message from, I think it was a few weeks ago, where he gets on the phone and he goes, Ron, Sean, make sure you protect everybody's social security. And he <laughs> went on and on and he goes, I don't really need it, but, you know, you're my guy and make sure you protect it. So I think about him all the time and, uh, you know, he... It's just the embodiment. He, he's really the vintage Oregonian. He's the person we think about. I, I always remember him being willing to go with the club to a small town. There wouldn't be very many people. And Bill would be there telling everybody why the whole state comes together for the Blazers. He was a uh, broadcaster, obviously, in 77 when they won it, but he really became an ambassador. And I just can't, you know, I think everybody has a Bill Shonley story. Like, you know, the day after on radio and we talked about it on that Monday, everybody had an interaction. Everybody had a story. And, and you know, the thing was, I don't think anybody had a bad interaction. He was always in a good mood. Always in a good mood. And he always could read the moment. You know, he and Dottie came over to our place not too long ago uh, for, for lunch in the, in the summer. And, you know, it was like all over the neighborhood, the word got out, Sean Lee's here. And everybody was laughing and smiling. And, you know, he just always read the moment and knew that, you know, Oregonians cared deeply about him and what he stood for because he stood for Rip City. By any measure, he stood for that, and it's, it's always special and it always will be. 
you got you got a big meeting coming up, uh, a roundtable discussion on Monday in Portland. Uh, WNBA Commissioner Kathy Engelbert will be there to visit. Uh, what is this panel discussion about, and what's the mo- what's the motivation here? Well, the the motivation, John, is we we want to get a franchise, and I think that the WNBA is in the uh, position of narrowing uh, uh, the choices. And you know, the fact is, and you and I have touched on it. I mean, women's sports has become a major strength for our state. You know, whether it's sellouts with U of O and OSU, the, the thorns, um, the number of Oregonians you'll see every morning, you know, out and about, and they'll be running and, and shooting hoops either at their basket or something in the, in, in the neighborhood. Um, it's a big economic win for us to have, you know, 20 more, you know, visits, uh, Boda Center is a huge shot in the arm in the in the summer. I, I'd love to see a WNBA playoff. We'll we'll start at the Sports Broad Jenny's and then we'll walk down to Moda. I like that. You're going to have uh, Scott Ruick, the Oregon State women's coach, and Kelly Graves, the Oregon women's uh, coach, and the Blazers will be involved with this as well. So it sounds like you know everybody's on board, and hopefully uh, this WNBA thing could happen because I think this would be I think this would be a special market for that league. I, I do as well. I think the fact that um, we got the regional finals, the final four, you know, coming up uh, in Portland. I mean, I think people are appreciating that we are now the epicenter of women's sports. And that means a big boost to quality of life, a big win for our state at a time when we're looking for economic and, uh, and social wins, something that throws open the doors. Of, uh, of sports in an inclusive kind, kind of way. This is just a winner all, all around. And, you know, everybody's asking me to make a prediction. And I'm, I'm kind of like Yogi Berra. I don't make predictions, especially <laughs> about the future. But I will tell you, I think we're on our way to making the winning shot here. You know, I didn't plan on asking you this, but wrapped up in that is potential ownership, like whoever ends up with the Blazers once uh, Paul Allen's estate is settled. Uh, likely ends up as part of the WNBA equation. It just would be really nice to see those teams anchored here. I know you're on record. You want the Blazers here. I want the Blazers in, in the state of Oregon, I, and I think the NBA probably does as well. Have you heard anything on that front? I, uh, I talked to Adam Silver frequently about this, John. I think I told you that the reason I know Adam so well is he was a young intern for former Congressman Lessa Coyne when I was a young congressman. And, you know, we always like to have a laugh or two. One of the last times I talked to Adam, he called me up and he said he was very offended. He said, Ron, I'm very offended. Said, oh, my God, I've known Adam for years. He goes, one of the papers said that I was just a legislative intern for Lessa. You know I got moved up. I got a promotion to like front desk or a more senior, you know, position. Make sure my resume says that. So, um, I talked to Adam a lot about this, and you know, obviously, I'm pretty familiar with some of the people that uh, are looking at purchasing both the WNBA uh, club when it becomes available, and I do think it will be. And um, uh, the question of what will happen 
to the Blazers. And what I will tell you, I think I've touched on it before. On my watch, as long as I'm the state senior senator, and I'll use every ounce of my political capital, we are not going to sit around and see our team take off like we saw with the Sonics and uh, Washington State. U.S. Senator Ron Wyden, our guest. Uh, again, that roundtable discussion with the WNBA commissioner, both major college uh, coaches here in the state of Oregon on Monday in Portland. Uh, I want to shift to name, image, likeness. Uh, college athletics is, you know, some of this is really good for athletes. They've got the transfer portal. They have the ability to earn money on their endorsement. But I've heard college coaches talk about the need for legislative intervention, uh, get Congress involved. Is is this something you'd love to see or like to see or welcome on the plates of lawmakers well, nationally? First of all, I want everybody to know at home, you know, what I'm focused on is things like middle-income housing tax credits because we got teachers and nurses and firefighters that can't have a, a place and the homeless and holding down prescription drug costs for, for senior citizens. So I got my hands full. I will tell you, I too am hearing people say it's time to take a look at uh, NIL. And I think, frankly, the best quote I've seen on this, and that is, I guess, um, Representative Sabrina. Sabrina was asked about it, and she said, well, I'm trying to sort it out and what it all means. And said, as far as I was concerned, when I was playing, I really would just like some extra money so I could go to Chipotle yeah. on some night when the training table you know, <laughs> wasn't, wasn't open. So Sabrina kind of summed it up, and I think, yeah, I think uh, at some point people ought to step back and, and take a look at uh, at this uh, at this issue. I, I want I want people to to know if if we can make sure that we can deal with this housing challenge and the homeless and holding down you know medical costs and getting the WNBA franchise and keep keeping the Blazers. That'll be a pretty good year. Yeah, let's go back like a little bit before I cut you loose here. Your playing career, basketball, all of that. Like uh, you know, uh, you remember what sort of the spirit of high school sports and college sports was when you were growing up. It's changed so much. It's changed. It's changed a lot, and I, I don't want to, you know, in effect suggest I was, you know, a bigger deal than sometimes people say. I don't know if I had mentioned to you, but I put up on the wall one bit of basketball lore, and that was my scholarship offer from Gonzaga. As you know, I went to Cal Santa Barbara on a ride, but I got the scholarship offer from Gonzaga. I put it up on the wall, and everybody wants to know why is it there, and I said, I just want people to know from a history standpoint that a Jewish kid could play with the Jesuits. (laughs) Rod Wyden, Senator Rod Wyden with us. Not bad. You see Santa Barbara wasn't bad. I mean, you had the beach, you had basketball, you had school. I, I got, you know? I, I, got a lot, I got a lot of splinters in those days <laughs> with, uh, with bench time. Well, well uh, did you know at that time that you, this was the path you'd take, that you'd end up as a lawmaker? No idea. And what happened was when my NBA dream was shattered, I got involved working as a volunteer with, uh, with Wayne Morris and... Uh, he had me driving him around, and all these senior citizens came up to him and said, Wayne, what happens when I lose my Medicare or Social Security? He'd say, Ron here is going to look it up for you. And I'd look, and I'd go, me? I'm 23 years old. What do I know about Social Security and Medicare? And he said, young man, this is an important field. You should be involved. I love that. Hey, you know, and, and I'm sure that uh, you know college athletes appreciate having people like you in the position you're in because – 
if it does come to uh, NIL time, you have an understanding that maybe not everybody does. I, I appreciate your time, appreciate what you do uh, for the state of Oregon and, and in supporting athletics in particular. So thank you. Let's do it again, John. Take care. You too. Appreciate right. the show. Bye. I do think it's going to take congressional intervention because you've seen state laws get passed and you've seen the NCAA lose its teeth, right, in this cycle, in the last decade. NCAA has become toothless, powerless. Uh, I know they've hired CIA agents and FBI agents, and you know they'll they'll do their investigations, but they don't have the kind of oversight that's necessary to get this thing back on the rails. They can do a little, but not a lot. So it may take some federal intervention. Maybe, maybe the athletes need to become employees, and and maybe that's the path. I don't know. I'm leaving it to smarter people than I. I'm broadcasting today from Spirit Mountain. If you're in the neighborhood, stop by, give us a fist bump. We're in the sports book. We're talking all about what is going on uh, at, with the Super Bowl. And Dennis Dixon joining us in the 5 o'clock hour. Why don't you hear for it? Two-time Super Bowl champion, a guy who was the quarterback of the Oregon Ducks back in the day. They were on a path before Dennis Dixon got hurt. Dennis Dixon joining us in the 5 o'clock hour. Why don't you hear for all of it? Leave it here. The Big Splash coming up next. <laughs> Back to the bald-faced truth with John Canzano, live from the BetMGM Sportsbook at Spirit Mountain Casino on 750 The Game. We're live today until 6 o'clock here at the BetMGM Sportsbook at Spirit Mountain Casino. Uh, stop by if you are in the neighborhood. Uh, Ad Rechman, the uh, legendary football coach at Linfield, uh, one of his kids just stopped by. And said he's a listener of the show. And I was like, your dad, is he still coaching? He's like, yeah, he's out there. He says he's uncoachable. <laughs> uh, but uh, a lot of fun here at Spirit Mountain. Uh, I want to uh, pivot. Uh, I saw a story today. I, I, used, I grew up in the Bay Area, and I used to cover the Pebble Beach Pro-Am Golf Tournament uh, every year as I, when I was a young journalist, particularly working at the Santa Cruz Sentinel newspaper. I would go, and it was the old Bing Crosby Pro-Am that turned into the Pebble Beach AT&T Pro-Am. Well, Jordan Spieth last year on the eighth hole at Pebble Beach on this course, people may remember, like the diehard golf fans will know this, he hit his tee shot uh, to the edge of a cliff. And that course is phenomenal because it just, it literally backs up to the ocean. It's beautiful. It looks great on TV. But that's a real cliff. And Jordan Spieth, against the advice of his caddy, uh, went and hit his shot, his second shot from the edge of the cliff, like literally a foot from falling off the cliff. And Pebble Beach apparently has had a big problem with golfers who are paying to play the course wanting to duplicate that shot on the eighth hole and putting their lives in danger. And so now they have made, they have put an out-of-bounds thing there and they've made it so you can't do it. They even had Jordan Spieth come out and say, this is not safe, I shouldn't have done that. They're warning people. What is that, Anna? Like every year we see these news stories of people getting selfies on like the edge, like the face of Half Dome, and they're falling off the cliff and stuff. What is it with people in this? Uh... They're just doing it for the gram. They're doing it for the gram, and it's a combination yeah. of, you know, wanting that photo moment, but then just a total lack of awareness of the situation. <laughs> you know, it's insane. I don't, I don't get it. But uh, it happens more and more often these days. I just I can't believe it. you showed me the shot. It's insane that people it's would crazy. go right up to the cliff like that and try to duplicate what he did. Yeah, they're just saying that resort guests 
are going out there and going, I need to go to the eighth hole where Spieth <laughs> hit that shot last year, and I need to stand inches from death. And Spieth has come out, and he said, look, he says, I saved one stroke. Was it worth risking my life? No. Like, he wishes he hadn't done it because now everybody wants to go out there and do that. That's insane. Yeah. <laughs> I don't I – don't, I like, look, I have an Instagram account. Yeah. I post stuff on it. Yeah. If I see a highlight clip I have or maybe we have a, a fun interview on radio, I'll post a clip there. Or if I, you know, take photos with the kids or we're on vacation or something, picture of you and your birthday or whatever, I'll put it on there. But I'm not about, like, let, let me show you me hanging off a cliff. Like, what is it that people get out of that? They get more likes. Like, the more dramatic the photo, the more dramatic the shot. I need to risk my life to get some likes? Well, there's like a cognitive dissonance that they have between what they're actually doing and what they're hoping to achieve, and that's where they get in trouble. Yeah, but you, like, you on the news had stories of hikers who have fallen off cliffs who, uh, you know, are, are they getting a picture while they're hanging off of a moving yeah, train? Yeah, yeah, like the Grand Canyon constantly. Yeah. You know, it's always like tourists that are in a really picturesque location, and they will risk it all for that amazing photo. But, it, you know, to be, to be fair, like there's something about taking the photo and trying to get to that that um, removes your logic. Like I know as a news reporter, I would be out with photographers, and we'd be covering a story, and there's this weird sense of, uh, like, we, we can't get hurt. Mm. There's an invincibility factor that for some reason kicks in. And you would go cover fires or explosions or drive-by shootings or whatever, and you would kind of forget in the moment yeah. that you were in a dangerous situation because you were trying to get the shot. It, it, you know, it, maybe that's a little bit like being on the sideline at a college football game or an NFL game as oh, a yeah. media member. You have this illusion that the boundary line, like yeah. the like the out of bounds line, uh -huh. is uh, you know is where they are. Yes. And you're on the other side of that line. There's nothing between you. There's air between you and there, but there's some sense of safety you have. Right. Oh, I'm out of bounds. I'm out of harm's way until they come barreling your direction, and then you realize how fast they're moving or how fast the ball's moving. Yeah. And you get clobbered. We see it every. I saw it last week at the uh, AFC Championship game when. When uh, Patrick Mahomes got pushed out of bounds, it wasn't just Patrick Mahomes that went for a flyer. There was a security guard who got, like, buckled in half. Well, and not only that, but for people who are on the sidelines of an event like that, they have a job to do. And so a lot of times you're so focused on the job at hand that you, you do. Like, if you weren't maybe working or you weren't in that capacity, your logic would kick catch in and you'd be like oh there's a 300 person pound yeah. person running toward right. me at a rapid rate of speed i'm going yeah. to step to the side and not have that happen but you know it happens all the time and the other i was at i was at the utah oregon state football game at rice Eccles stadium in salt lake city uh, earlier this season and i'm standing on the field before the game i like to go down to the field get away from the press box because then you get kind of the feeling that you're at a sporting event you're not, like, removed from it in the press box. But I saw a toddler come out of the tunnel. Kid probably, like, had that kind of walk that a kid has that where they're Toddled. not. Yeah. They're kind of <laughs> wobbling around. Yeah. Like, you're like, you know, if it were a grown-up walking like that, you'd be like, that person is inebriated, has that kind of stagger to them. Yeah. And this kid comes walking out of the tunnel and walks towards, like, the pylon caught his eye. Mm -hmm. The corner of the end zone. So he's walking towards the pylon, but simultaneously, Oregon State is practicing their warm-ups. And, and the punter is punting towards that end zone, and the punt returner's down there fielding within the vicinity of that 
of that pylon, and I'm watching the kid, and I'm going, whose kid is that? Whose kid is that? Like, and no, like I couldn't figure out where the kid came from. It had to be a coach's kid mm-hmm. or somebody who was on the sideline, and the kid was just kind of blindly walking towards the pylon, and I thought, you know, that kid doesn't realize, like, the punt returner's looking for the ball yeah. not, and not expecting a two-year-old mm-hmm. to be on the field like that. Mm-hmm. Like, you know, and I get it. Like, everyone wants to be close to the action, down on the field with two minutes to go in the game or five minutes to go in the game. I like to go down to the field so that you can watch the last couple of minutes from the field. But you can get clobbered down there. Situational awareness. Yes. You have to Can't b- preach it get enough. your head on a swivel. Uh, <laughs> brings us to our big splash. We do it every day. It's the one thing that you need to know today. The one thing you absolutely need to know today. Look, look, look at it. Where? Down there. But the big splash. Well, the Dodgers have, uh, are doing some talking uh, in the wake of releasing Trevor Bauer. Uh, the Dodgers president and their CEO came out and talked about the feeling that it was unanimous. Uh, they released Trevor Bauer after he was under investigation uh, for a sex offense uh, he was suspended as people may remember for uh, more than a full season the dodgers are saying look uh, make no mistake we were unanimous in our decision to release him bowers come out and said that some people in the dodgers organization have told him that they wanted him to come back and pitch the dodgers are saying eh, that's not really true uh, by the way the dodgers had signed bauer to a three-year 102 million dollar contract in february of 2021 Uh, They did so despite the criticism that was out there about his history of bullying people on social media. Uh, Of course, later that summer, a a woman in San Diego accused Bauer of uh, taking things too far, got a temporary restraining order against him. Major League Baseball put him on administrative leave uh, and opened an investigation. But the Dodgers saying, hey, they were unanimous in their decision to uh, flush Trevor Bauer out of the organization. Uh, Bauer probably going to file a lawsuit against the Dodgers in Major League Baseball, but uh, I'm glad the Dodgers are coming out and taking a stand. I, they have to. Uh, the 4 o'clock hour is coming up. Uh, we've got big guests. Uh, Dennis Dixon coming along at 5 o'clock. B-F-F-T. Now, built by High Caliber Millwrights, live from the Bet MGM Sportsbook at Spirit Mountain Casino, here's John Canzano with a bomb-faced truth. Big voice guys telling the truth. We're at Spirit Mountain Casino. We're in the Bet MGM Sportsbook. Uh, Anna is here. Steven is here. Judah's here. Uh, a whole bunch of uh, people are coming along in the 5 o'clock hour. Dennis Dixon will be here, former University of Oregon quarterback will be on the show I encourage you to stop by we have some swag up here that uh steven is checking out right now we got some magnets we got some stickers we got some t-shirts we would love for you to have this stuff uh steven anna has a question for you she was watching you with great curiosity as you were over near the uh betting kiosk yeah, he was like quietly slipping away, doing some research, well, and his, then his wife may be listening to the show. Oh, that's okay. Right? That's okay. I'm she assuming they have a healthy relationship, and <laughs> she knows what he's doing. Um, so, help me understand the lure of sports betting, and what what do you do? Like, how much research do you do, and what are you doing at the kiosk? 
Well, I mean, I, okay, so research-wise, I would say that I, I do a pretty decent amount of research. Okay. Like, uh, I love college basketball. I've said that before. Like, it is, it's fascinating to me for some reason to bet on 18, 19, 20-year-old kids playing sports. Like, I think it's yeah. so fun. So, uh, you know, I, 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 there's a couple of different websites that I really check out. So I was doing that last night. I kind of had an idea what I wanted to do, but uh, I was checking out again today, right before I went up and made the bet, and then uh, I just go up there, and I, and I know what I'm looking for. Okay. Yeah. So show me your, these. You have these slips, slips of paper in your hand that you were. Do you feel like you're being interrogated right now? Kind of, no, I've kind I of feel like I'm in trouble. Welcome yeah. to my life right now. <laughs> show me the Jeez. slips of paper. Is what she said. I just want to know that what this process is and what <laughs> is exciting about it to you. All right. Like, so the, the problem. I'm not betting too much. Wow. Right you now. Have thousands. Of, what are you? Five thousand. No. Wow. I mean, I, I took thousand. No. no. I took the bees. I, I told you this before the show, John. Yeah. Oregon State. Had not a great season so far, but number one in the Pac-12 three-point shooting in conference play. Yeah, they're Arizona, playing Arizona State. And Arizona State, the worst three-point shooting team in the Pac-12 during conference play. Wayne Tinkle, good defensive coach, runs the zone like you said uh, you told Dave Outland to do. Yeah, I think the Bees can keep this game close. I, so, I agree with that. So uh, this is not – sorry. Go ahead. No, go ahead. So this is not a bet that you can place somewhere else. You can't do this. I like cannot do it on my phone legally. Okay, no. okay. Illegally, yeah. So you bet, you did a straight bet. He took the Beavers plus yeah. 11 and a half, 11 and and a half, half points. points. So as long as is the Beavers lose. I think it is because, I look, I just saw, I saw Arizona State up close twice in the last two weeks. And they are struggling. Bobby Hurley is frustrated. His coat will be off in the first four minutes of the game. And he'll be screaming he'll at be the refs. He'll be screaming at the refs. His team can't shoot. They're, they, they showed some promise early in the season, but people figured them out. They figured out you couldn't, they can't shoot. So everybody's playing zone against them. Mm -hmm. They really struggle against the zone, and they don't have that guy, that one player that can just break down a defense. And so they really struggle to, like, it's interesting. You know, they, were, they, had, a, they had a string against uh, USC where they missed nine straight shots and then later missed 11 straight shots. They're just not a good shooting team. And uh, I think they, they probably will beat Oregon State, but I don't think they'll cover the 11 and a half. Yeah, I don't think they're going to win. I don't think Oregon State's going to win, but I think they lose by 11 or less, right? Like, I think they can keep it close. Yeah. So that's the reason why now, you take the points. Or Oregon's playing Arizona. What's the spread on that game? Last I saw, eight and a half. I'll have to go check out the kiosks uh, after this. It's interesting. After the interrogation. <laughs> can, we, can we figure out which Oregon team is going to show up? She wants to see your other betting What's the sweat. other one? Oh, the Empty other, your pockets. What? So the other one, I, this, is, this is a long shot. This is something I like to do. Yeah. I do it during college football season a lot. I, Did I, you notice he was trying to put uh, it yeah. away? I'm he explaining first. He didn't want you to see that one. <laughs> well, this one's a little different. So uh, this one, I do have the Beavers to win. Okay. Uh, <laughs> you just said the Beavers aren't going to win. I don't think they're going to, but at, you know, that's 11 and a half is too much. At plus 550, uh -huh. that's it's too much. They so might win. They, they, they won they the could. other night. And yeah. so uh, what I like to do usually is either three or four teams. College football is usually four. I'll take four underdogs, bet them on the money line, and then uh, round robin parlay them. What's the potential payout on that? That's like that 900 week? something yeah, bucks. Yeah, $879. You, you're going to win that. I'm going to. Yeah. It's a lock. I love how you put that one away. Quiet. <laughs> that one, well, that one's a little more harder to explain. And for, I knew Anna would be For listeners, like, he had two slips. Anna said, let me see them. He showed her one, and while she was looking at it, he quietly slipped the I've other learned. one into his pocket. So if you put $40 down, <laughs> that's all it was, 40 you bucks. could stand to make like almost $900. It's an investment, It's an investment, really, yeah. And yeah. then... So you don't 
like obviously these games are going to be played at some future date, Tonight. right? Yeah, Tonight. No. Today, yeah. yeah, they haven't okay. already been played. Okay, well, thanks. Yeah. Thanks for that. Yeah. Which, by the way, can we get uh, FAU versus UAB on the TVs here? Yeah. <laughs> it, you have, you I have do, that yeah. game? Yeah. And so, sorry, I've never done this before. So if you win this money, what happens? So if you all, have to come if, here to collect it? Yeah, so if all three of these teams win, I just hand them this ticket, and they hand me yeah. $900. Yeah, On the yeah. back of the ticket, too, I don't actually, I think you can yeah, actually. Yeah, you can mail it in. You can yeah. mail, you can it, mail in. it in. Yes. And okay. they'll send you a check. Thank you. See? Thank you. Is that it's a had, tutorial. I don't know. You had questions? Yeah, I had some questions. This. Do you need to place a wager now? I, I can try. You do. what we're going to do? Yeah. I'll bet the animals of the mascots yeah. over any information. That might be, be good helpful. as well. Yes, that is just as good as what we know. Yeah, but, yeah. yeah. I yeah. think a huge game tonight. We, heard, we had Dana Altman on the show earlier this week, and he talked about this opportunity. I texted with him after the interview, and I said, look, uh, this is a huge swing for you guys. And he just he came back, and he said, I hope we play well. Because that's been their season. When they play well, they can beat any – Oregon can beat anybody in the Pac-12 if they play well. They can also lose to anybody. That was an interesting interview you did with him. I thought he was pretty – he was as authentic as Dana Altman has ever been in that interview. Yeah. And he – like, look, we've had, we've had our moments. Yes, uh, yeah. And, you know, a few years ago when Oregon basketball had a – investigation into players and there was a sex assault involved in it he and i got sideways with it and he i remember him coming on the show after and we argued about it and you know i, I told him after i said it's not personal like look i i've got opinions i'm not i'm not always right i'm not always wrong like let's just you know have a discussion about it so to his credit he's been that kind of person where you know we can disagree mm -hmm. i can be critical of him and i i think as long as he v thinks he's being treated fairly that conversation and that dialogue continues to happen so he came on the show i thought it was a really good interview and and it's not the last time we're gonna have him on i, I would love to get wayne tinkle on too yeah now we got to talk we got to talk about what's going on with oregon state but tonight huge game and steven has a dog in the fight yeah i do and uh, i'm excited about it I, I think it's just a matchup wise right you look at matchups Oregon State matches up pretty well against Arizona State. You you laid out all the points there. Um, but, yeah, it should be an exciting is there, night. Is there a danger in too much in too much information, too much analysis prior to making a wager? Definitely. Definitely you can do that. And I think, for me, I try to find certain information that I really uh, think is more important than others. I was talking to Judah about this earlier in the day and why I like the Chiefs is because the Eagles' yards per play wasn't very good. And it hasn't been very good since Jalen Hurts has been back. And that is one of those stats in football that I like to look at, John. I do that in college football as well. Like, I think it's much more important to see how many yards per play they're getting rather than mm -hmm. how many points per game they're getting or how, you know, how many yards they're getting on the day because some teams run 100 plays, some teams run 60. So I want to know, just put it on even pay, playing field, yards per play, right? So yeah. I, that's, that's the way I like to look at it. And in college football, look, I had a, uh, I had a very unusual – Pac-12 football season. Unusually good, though. I was, yeah, yeah. I was on fire. And <laughs> no, bra I had, no bragging. I, look, I, I had one stretch where I was like 22 and two against the spread, like in like a five-week period. Okay? It was insane. It was, it insane. was crazy. It was. You were wondering it, whether to quit your job. And I, yeah, I, I was seriously Jobs. thinking the well. show needed to be in Vegas or at the Spirit Mountain Bet MGM Sportsbook <laughs> yeah. every day. And here we it are. Should have like been. it should have been. <laughs> uh, think of all the money I could have made. I know betting those games, but. What I was going on was I found something. I found that home favorites in the Pac-12 were winning at a ridiculous clip, and they were covering the spread like 75% of the time. And it didn't matter who the home favorite was. It was just home favorites were winning. Now, where I got in trouble was later in the year, I started looking at other stuff, other yeah. metrics, not, 
Like, I knew the teams. Just trust that you know the teams. You know Arizona State. You know Oregon and Oregon State. Trust what you know. Yeah, and I think especially for college, you know, I mentioned how young they are. I think being at home does matter, right? Like, you talked about the home field advantage in football. Like, think of yourself at 19 or 20 years old. Like, you're not, you know, mature enough to go on the road and play really well every single week. So I think especially in college, like, you can look at those home field advantages and really take advantage of it, and you did that this year in college football. Yeah, I kept waiting for it to catch up to me, and it didn't. After a while, I was like, (laughs) what am I doing? Wasting my time on air. Helping other people make money. But you know what would have happened? Anna would have been like, let me see the betting slips. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Let me see, and that just throws your mojo off. Yeah, it does. Then you don't have it anymore. It's got to be a secret, right? Yeah. Yeah. Do you need to burn some sage now that I've touched your betting (laughs) slips? Yeah. But are you that did you bad notice when he was standing at the kiosk though how he looked very confident? I was watching him. I was watching you. You're placing your bet. Yeah, yeah. Not yeah. Stalking he had a, a wide athletic stance. Yep. You uh-huh. looked Defensive like you position. knew what you were doing. Like there wasn't any doubt. <laughs> this is this is my home casino. I've been I've been here plenty of times. I've done I've done I've done that walk to the kiosk lots of times. Speaking of home favorites, okay. So coming up, we're going to play some punch and audio. We've got great sound. We'll catch you up on everything that's going on. Uh, what did they say? What is Patrick Mahomes saying? What is Damian Lillard saying? Uh, Kenny Dillingham talking about the transfer portal. Uh, how about Dan Lanning talking about his five-star wide receiver uh, out of the Bay Area? By the way, that five-star receiver is coming on the show. He slipped, in, he slipped into my DMs. Hmm. Uh, and we're going to – he's going to come – wait, can I not say that? That just uh, just doesn't sound He quite slipped into my DMs, right. and he said – he said, it slide? And then you, sli- you slide in the DMs Jerry or you slid in them? Dickey. Either way. Five-star receiver okay. out of the Bay Area. Yeah. He uh, he is uh, he said, "Hey, I'd love to be on your show." Yeah. And what I said, was okay. his name again? Jurian Dickey. Is that Sli- my saying that right? He's, yeah. yeah. He slid yeah. into your DMs. Yeah. Yeah. So, okay. Well, that's like a humble brag. Five stars sliding in my DMs. Well, I'm just saying. He yeah. said, "Hey, I would like to be on the show." I think what he's thinking is, he probably is one of these kids that's really savvy. Yeah. Understands social media marketing. He's yeah. picked Oregon, yeah. and he now wants to connect with fans in Oregon and build his. Good he wants to build him. his Instagram following. Not a humble brag. Just an outright. It's brag. an outright. Yeah. 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 He doesn't that. believe in humble brags. It is not <laughs> about. I'm, I'm not saying he it's wants to talk star. to me. Just I'm going to turn your mics down. Like, look, oh, like, sorry, me and Anna are having a lot of fun here. I'm not saying he wants to talk to me. I'm just saying he is wants to get on this show because he knows he can reach a bunch of people. Uh, that's very true. Why? I mean, it's, yeah, it's, it's, it's strategy. strategy. If it's I was a, him, I would have already been on the show. A couple times, yeah. yeah. Yes. Would have made it a regular thing. Well, he'll be on. I, I have invited him to come on tomorrow's show. We'll see if he takes me up on it. Uh, also, you know, once upon a time, Bill Walton told me he was going to be on the show, and then he has ghosted me since then. So we'll see, we'll see when Walton gets back. But coming up next, we'll play Punch It Audio. And in the 5 o'clock hour, Dennis Dixon will be here, former Oregon quarterback. We're broadcasting today from the Bet MGM Sportsbook at Spirit Mountain Casino. Stop by and say hello. Back to the bald-faced truth with John Canzano, live from the BetMGM Sportsbook at Spirit Mountain Casino on 750 The Game. We're broadcasting from the BetMGM Sportsbook here at Spirit Mountain Casino today. Uh, We'll be here till 6 o'clock, not far from 10 Barrel Brewing's Hop Yard. Uh, a lot going on here with some giveaways. Anna's here on site. Anna, how you doing? I'm great. I, I, I really, I'm blown away by how nice it is here. Yeah. 
like I've been to Spirit Mountain. I grew up, you know, in Portland, so I've done the Spirit Mountain thing. I did stories here before. They have, uh, like years ago, I did a story about their uh, security surveillance here, uh -huh. their eye in the sky. Facial recognition. Oh, my gosh. It yeah. was so cool. I got to go up into their security room and see how sophisticated their facial recognition software is. Yeah. So I went down to one of the poker tables and sat, and they zoomed in on my face. And then I got to go up to the security room and see what they did with my information. Right. And they matched me with all the, like, they had this entire panel of Asian women who looked like me who are known cheaters from around the world. So, so everybody's on the same system. Everyone's on the same system. So ah. you know if you're playing here, they're on it. And so they could see, like, okay, this Asian woman, she's a card counter, and she did it in Atlantic City. This other Asian woman, she's yeah. a card dauber, like she marks the cards. I didn't know what a dauber was. And she did it in Macau or wherever else she was gambling. Like it, there's, an element of, there's an element of security to that that makes me feel better. Totally, about yeah. About being in the casino. Right, because you're not trying to gamble against, yeah. you know, cheaters. They're going to they're gonna be on it. Yeah, you need to uh, – it levels the playing field. So there you go. Now, are you banned from the? You're not apparently not banned from the casino because you're here. <laughs> no, they let banned. you play. So you're not a card counter. We know that. Not no. Uh, are you kidding? All right. Every, really bad at math. Every day on the show. Every day on the show, uh, we had a math thing that came up on the drive here. I can't remember what yeah, it was. Yeah, yeah, we were adding up figures, and I yeah. failed. Yeah. yeah, and I said, uh -huh. okay, that's not working. Uh, all right, here we go. We're gonna play some punch it audio. We got the best sound from all around. <laughs> We interrupt this broadcast with a special announcement from the Bald Face Truth Headquarters. Hey, we're all about truth, justice, and the American way here, okay? Which is why we've spanned the globe and pulled the top audio cuts of the day. You're going to hear little snippets of sound. Hey, it's time for Punch It Audio, presented by First Call Heating and Cooling. Well, Arian Foster, former running back in the NFL, has caused a stir because he is claiming that the NFL is rigged like WWE. Here you go. Here's Foster. Punch it. It's funny. Before we started taping, uh, Aaron was telling me about how the NFL is rigged and how every year he used to get a script. Yeah. Day one of training camp that would get dropped off at his locker. Mm -hmm. And you would have to, you know, it was like week one, you'll do this. Week two, you're going to have a hamstring injury. Week three, this is going to happen. Yeah. Week four, you're going to get three touchdowns. Mm -hmm. And so then you just have to, did you memorize those? Before the season started, would you go and rehearse the script before every game? Uh, we were really dedicated to it, so it was more so like um, that's what practice was about. It was about practicing the script. Like, this is what goes on, and this is what we have to do mm -hmm. in order to. Yeah. And this referee is going to miss this call yeah, because they hate you yeah. and they love the Colts, yeah, that sort like, of thing. Uh, WWF, so it's like, yeah, know, we know what's going to happen, but you still got to put on a show. Yeah. What did you think when you got the script in 2016 that said your career was going to fall off a cliff when you stopped believing in God? That was 2015. <laughs> yeah. Arian Foster uh, is obviously being sarcastic there, I think, uh, but it's caused a whole bunch of people to uh, spiral out of control, making jokes about this and talking about how the league is scripted. Um, is this, this all stems, too, from I heard some of this during the AFC and NFC Championship games, in particular when it came to the officiating, Patrick Mahomes. I just think this kind of stuff blossoms when you see brands and players like Mahomes advance and you see Cincinnati and Joe Burrow go home, the NFL doesn't care who's in the Super Bowl. The NFL is going to print money no matter who plays. Kansas City's a small market team. This is good for the league. Uh, you know, Philadelphia, it, this is, hey, Jalen Hurts this is a great story. This is good for the league. Uh, I don't think the NFL needs the New York Giants to play the Los Angeles Rams 
in an NFC Championship game. They just, they, whoever gets there, gets there. The NFL makes money. That's how it works. The television deal, it's guaranteed. They don't care. Like the NBA, I do think cares who gets to the NBA Finals because I think those ratings and those matchups matter. But in the NFL, this is the one that strikes me as the most absurd. There's just no way that the NFL would ever get into the business of being rigged in any way, shape, or form. Patrick Mahomes uh, talking about uh, what it means to be one of two black quarterbacks starting in the Super Bowl. People may remember Doug Williams all those years ago when he was with the uh, Washington football team being asked by a media member during Super Bowl week what it feels like to be a black quarterback. Uh, We've come a long way. First time in NFL history that the Super Bowl features two black quarterbacks. Here's Patrick Mahomes. And uh, have two black quarterbacks uh, starting in the Super Bowl, I think it's special. And I've learned more and more about the, the history of the black quarterbacks since I've been in this league. And uh, uh, the guys that came before me and, and Jalen set the stage for this. And now I'm just glad that we can kind of set the stage for guys that are uh, kids that are coming up now. And so uh, uh, it'll be a great game uh, two, against two great teams and against another great quarterback. So uh, I'm, I'm excited to go out there and try to do what we can to, to win against a great team. Look, I'd love to be at the point where we could just say two great quarterbacks are playing in this game. I get why people are talking about it, though, because it is historical. Uh, no doubt Patrick Mahomes has been fantastic. Jalen Hurts has been fantastic. So have uh, a lot of their teammates this year. I, I think the, the thing that we get in the Super Bowl that we don't get in college football most years is, I think, without question, we have the best, most deserving teams playing in this game. It's, it's very fair. They advanced via their regular season records and their postseason accomplishments. Good for Mahomes, good for Hurts. I I think Patrick Mahomes is by far the better quarterback in this game. And even with the the ankle injury that he's had, he's the guy that, that makes Kansas City go. I like the Chiefs to win the Super Bowl. You tell me who you like. Tweet at me, at John Canzano BFT. Tyson Alder came on the show yesterday, and he said something outrageous. He is uh, the publisher of i5corridor.com. He talked about Oregon State as a potential college football playoff participant next season. Here's Alger. Punch it. You know, if things go right, like I think they could actually make a playoff run, which seems insane to say when you consider that, what was it, just like six six years ago or so, they had one win, and it it just seemed like that program was going to get less than uh, left behind by some of the Pac-12 top top level programs, but you know they're they're right there in that, and I think it's going to be a lot fun to watch. Yeah, but if you're talking about steps, that's too big a step for Oregon State next year to talk about playoff. Let's talk about winning a Pac-12 championship. I think that's something that Jonathan Smith he he even said it last year at Pac-12 Media Day when he came on this show. He said, "I said, how many games? Like, do you have a goal? How many games are you going to win?" He says, "You know, we want to win them all, and we want to go to Vegas." They want to go to Las Vegas. They want to play for a conference championship. That's Oregon State's next step up. It's going to be hard next year. You've got Oregon to deal with. You're playing at Autzen Stadium against Bo Nix in Oregon next year. Uh, you've got Caleb Williams in USC. You've got Michael Penix Jr. in Washington. Utah is always going to be a contender as long as Kyle Whittingham's there. Uh, you know, Colorado and Coach Prime, although I don't think they're ready to take that big step. There's a lot of obstacles. But before we talk playoff, for Oregon State, and a four-team playoff may be ambitious for them. I think we have to talk about, hey, can you win the Pac-12? Because if you win the Pac-12, you're in that conversation. So, uh, you know, I don't think Alger is spitting, you know, lies on the show, but, man, that's an ambitious swing 
to talk about them making a playoff run. I like them more as a contender next season. I do think you'll see when the media poll comes out in July, I think you'll see Oregon State picked in the top four in the conference. I think that's kind of where people see them. I expect USC to be in there. I expect Washington to be in there. I think Oregon will be in there. And I think Utah will be the team that people expect to take a step backwards, even though I like the Utes a lot. Kenny Dillingham, Arizona State coach, talking about the transfer portal. Every coach has a philosophy on the portal. What's Dilly's philosophy? Punch it. Get people who are hungry who want to be here. The entire philosophy that we're, whether it's portal or high school, whether it's our own roster, is you better want to be here. When I meet with every person, I say, do you want to be here? I'm not going to trick you into coming. This isn't a trick. I'm not trying to trick kids into joining the roster. This is Arizona State. This is a, a job I dreamt of. This is a place that I think has the ultimate potential, right? You want people who walk into the building and say, let's go. Not walk into the building and say, what did you promise me? No, it's walk into the building and say, let's go. And if we get 85 dudes who walk into the building and say, let's go, it's go time every single day, we got a chance. It's go time is going to be the philosophy at Arizona State. I was at Arizona State's home basketball game against UCLA on a Thursday night a couple weeks ago. Kenny Dillingham was at the game. So here's the football coach. He's at the basketball game. It was jam-packed. 14,000 people were there. He didn't have a seat. He was sitting in the stairwell in the aisles, and he was talking to high school football players who were there watching the game. He was shaking hands and running around the building, just had a whole bunch of enthusiasm. Anna, you remember him on his news conference when he got introduced. He was crying at the news conference. He's home and loving it, clearly. And he wants people who want to be there as well, <laughs> not just uh, people who are at Arizona State. But uh, Kenny Dillingham's got enthusiasm. Uh, Dan Lanning talking about his five-star receiver, Jurion Dickey. Uh, Big-time receiver and playmaker for Oregon. Here's Dan Lanning talking about his signing day haul. Yeah, Jurion has uh, you know, a really special talent. He's a very special talent. Uh, more than that, this has been a long, a long recruitment for him, and there's a, a strong, strong relationship with his family and our football family here. And uh, he's a, a confident kid, but a fun person um, to be around. You know, his, the, his whole network, his whole circle is really, really important to him. He cares. You know a lot about the people in his group but he's it's not always about football you know Jerion's not a guy that uh could tell you everybody that plays in the nfl that's not necessarily his interest i think everybody that knows Jerion knows he has a passion for fishing uh he has a passion for competing um and it's fun you know that that recruitment has been fun but the relationship is even more important there wait a minute he's got a passion for fishing people are going to love him in this state uh he'll be going to oregon he he says he wants to come on this show. I'd love to get to know him a little better and introduce him to more people. But, you know, this is a five-star wide receiver. We've seen Oregon get pass rushers like Kayvon Thibodeau. We've seen him get offensive linemen like Panay Sewell. We've seen him get linebackers. And obviously they've developed quarterbacks like Marcus Mariota and Justin Herbert. But this is, uh, this is a wide receiver. And I, I have waited a long time for Oregon to get a playmaker at receiver. So I'm curious to see how Dickey will fit in. And I would love to see the ball in the air. He fits offensive coordinator Will Stein, who is coming to Oregon from the University of Texas, San Antonio. Stein is going to want to throw the ball. I think uh, Oregon has got a receiver in Dickey that uh, will scare some people in the Pac-12 conference. That's Punch It Audio. Uh, coming up, we will hear from the 
sportsbook manager here at Spirit Mountain. He's got a background in Vegas. I want to know what he learned in Vegas that he is applying here at Spirit Mountain. Plus, in the 5 o'clock hour, Dennis Dixon will be with us, former Oregon quarterback. Leave it here. Back to the bald-faced truth with John Canzano, live from the BetMGM Sportsbook at Spirit Mountain Casino on 750 The Game. College sports events, you've got to uh, come where I am at the Bet MGM Sportsbook here at the Spirit Mountain Casino. The sportsbook manager, Justin Ballinger, is uh, with us, who has popped in. Uh, how are you doing, man? I am doing well. It, Pleasure to be here. Everything <laughs> looks amazing. Looks great. Yeah, thank you guys so much for taking the time to come out. We yeah. really appreciate it. So. Get, and you, you know, you got some people here, and you know, we're in the middle of the day, and I thought, you know, we're gonna walk in, and you know, sometimes when you're in Vegas, you walk by the sports book in the middle of the day, nobody's there. You got some people in here. Yeah, so, it's nice to see yeah. a little crowd. You know, yeah. pre-Super Bowl excitement. So, what are you guys doing for the Super Bowl? So uh, we're gonna have a uh, viewing party down in the event center here. Uh, tickets are twenty-five dollars, and you're able to get them at our Coyote Club desk. And pretty much it's going to be a buffet-style uh, you know, food setup with the game on. And then if you so please, you can sign up for the uh, BetMGM sports betting app so you, know, you don't have to run between the sports book and the event center. You can place all your bets down at the event center while the game's going on. And we'll obviously be having the game on in the sports book too, just you know, not as much food and stuff in this end of the building. But. All right, so I've always wondered, people who get in this business, you've got a background in Vegas. Correct. What did you do in Vegas? Where were you working and what? So I started as a part-time ticket writer at Mandalay Bay. Okay. And uh, just, you know, stayed with it. I, I liked it a lot. I, yeah. They knew I wanted to move up, so they had a you know, full-time supervisor opening. We moved up to that. And uh, I guess the rest is history. What, you do, you, what do you learn there that you, you can apply here? Oh, there's a lot. I mean, the, the, the nicest thing, I guess, about starting in Vegas is, you know, that's the most action going on it's like the most cutthroat you know big amounts of money and so coming out here it's just you know it's it's a slower pace it's still a great you know vibe and we have a great time but it's just uh you know i guess it's just a slower slower pace nice not as cutthroat and you know good good environment out here well yeah i would imagine in vegas the clientele you had there i mean they were like that was their full-time job correct yeah sports betting and here it's like People are here for fun, and you know it's it's more like pleasure betting, right? It, yeah, exactly. <laughs> I mean, there's there's guys that I I do think are here, you know, to to make a buck for sure. But in Vegas, it's you know almost everyone it seems to be like this is their life. So <laughs> let the, me have the it. The Super Bowl always comes with prop bets, and I love the prop bets. Will you have those available here? And yeah, definitely. Give, give us an idea what you're thinking or what's on the board already. So we've got we've got some on the board right now. It's there's so many that go in. So we've only gotten I don't know maybe 50 percent of them. But by the end of this week, and we should have all of them. But you know, right now we've got more of the, the team props and the game props. We'll mm -hmm. start to see more of the individual player props, you know, Mahomes passing yards or Hurts rushing yards later later this weekend. But so we've got some props yeah. already going right now. Yeah, you know, there's been a lot, a lot of people in the state have complained that, you know, you can't bet on college games on the Oregon Lottery's offering or DraftKings or whatever. Mm -hmm. But you've got that here. How important is that 
to you guys to have that as part of your business? Uh, it's massive. Um, and I guess going back to the Vegas thing too, one thing that you don't see in Vegas is, is the college. So mm -hmm. just to see the Ducks and the Beavers, you know, every time the football game's yeah. on, basketball, it's just crazy in here. And it, mm -hmm. it's so nice to just, just be around that kind of environment and atmosphere where it's like true fans of those yeah. actual teams, not just because they have money on the game, you know, type thing. So it, it's, it's a huge advantage to be able to offer that college sports for sure. You've been in the industry for a while. What is the best advice that you can offer to people yeah. who are betting on sports? <laughs> well, <laughs> um, best advice is, I guess, don't bet, only bet what you're able to lose. You know, like I said, don't, don't come into it thinking that, oh, I'm going to play the lottery with sports tickets, you know, until I hit it big, because that's how, you know, it, it can spiral yeah. down. But, um, yeah, just just bet what you're able to lose and you know what you're able to enjoy. And I like it too because you're um, you're watching. You know, I like the sports games better because you have. You know, we all know the teams, the players. We feel like we have some idea what's going to happen. We do it every week on this show. We all pick winners. Callers pick winners, and I think. It gives you like a two or three hour or two experience for your wager. Like yeah. you can sit and hang out. Absolutely. And they've expanded, you know, the, the wager so much nowadays. You know, these same game parlays or you, you can take, you know, the seventh man off the bench on the Cleveland Cavaliers and bet how many rebounds he's going to have, you know. Yeah. And it's, it's just every part of the game is now, you know, yeah. exciting, bettable. It's it's crazy. <laughs> All right. So give us an idea of like how do you set lines? Like I see the Super Bowl line is up. It's. Philadelphia minus one and a half for the game. You know, do you, are you using Vegas and BetMGM, or who's setting the lines? Right. So, so the way it, it works here with our partnership with with BetMGM is they they do our opening lines for us, and then they they'll move the number based on what their the action they're getting in the rest of the country. But we have the ability to override those moves. Ooh, you know, if if. Um, say it, that's not beneficial for Spirit Mountain, yeah. we can keep it or go in the opposite direction even. So we, we, we kind of start with their line and then we, you know, make it our own after that. Yeah, for, like betting 101, and Anna will fall into this category. Um, <laughs> you know, it's, you want to, I'm assuming as the house, you want to avoid a situation where you have a tremendous liability. You'd love to have half the money on one side, half the money on the other side. Uh, explain to like, Anna, who is saying, you know, why is that? You know, you want to essentially push every time, right? More or less, or what? Yeah, yeah, more or less for sure. Just because, I mean, you know, if you're five thousand on one team, twenty thousand on another team, you know, and that that twenty thousand hits four or five times in a row, you know, then you're you're down, yeah, what sixty, seventy thousand like that. Whereas, you know, if you're just able to balance it, then you're always going to win the juice or the yeah. big, just just off you know, the fact that there's balanced action on both sides. So yeah. it's it's almost always, yeah, beneficial to and, have it. And the juice, Anna, when he's talking about that, like let's just say, for example, Oregon uh, Oregon <laughs> right now on the board is a eight-and-a-half-point underdog against Arizona. You have to bet $11 to win 10. So your $11 bet would pay you 21. Uh, somebody on the other side is betting 11 to win 10. 
uh, one's going to win, one's going to lose, and Spirit Mountain's going to make the two bucks in between. Right. Now, do I have that? Yeah, yeah, exactly. I could be in the back. I could be in the back room here. One of the guys. Do you need an assistant? <laughs> um, what are some of like the craziest stories that you've seen uh, with sports betting? Like, are there are there instances that stand out to you, like people that just won big on crazy bets? Yeah, I mean. You, you hear about them a lot more than you see them now with social media being so big. But, you know, it seems like every night nowadays you're seeing one of these, you know, $2.20 teamers hitting for, you know, 500000 or or something. And, like, when I was in Vegas, we, we weren't even taking more than eight teams in a parlay, you yeah. know. And now there's this thing. So it's... Do you have I, some, like in Vegas, did you see people walk in with, like, a duffel bag of money? Yeah, and play def- some, you know definitely. What I mean? Yeah, we had, we had a regular who... Um, he lived, he lived on the East Coast, but he flew in every Thursday through Sunday of every weekend of the entire football season in March Madness, and he would his bag had at least you know 100k in it at all times. He just walking just, around. Yeah, just and he was just able to fly back and forth 20 times a year, you know, and it's no like way. wow, incredible. So. I love that. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I bet he was betting for some other people, maybe who knows? Yeah, who yeah. knows? All right, so uh, Super Bowl weekend, you're gonna have obviously a big festive thing here, a lot of mm-hmm. energy in the room. Uh, what what's a what's a successful weekend for in your mind when it comes to the Super Bowl? You know, successful week. Well, obviously, I'd like us to make a little bit of money. That's always yeah. a you know big plus. But I would say you know successful weekend. Looking out, you know, see big crowds. Yeah. Everyone, you know, going crazy. Hopefully, the game is actually a good game. You know, yeah. not one of the snooze fests. Does that know. help you if it's a really competitive game? Do you get in-game wagering and stuff like that? We that do. We have in-game up? wagering available at the kiosks. Yeah. Um, yeah, it, it, it well, I think a Super Bowl type game, people might stay till the end either way. But yeah. there's definitely, you know, throughout the playoffs, like like some of those Eagle Giants, for example. You know, you yeah. could tell by halftime, people are started to, you yeah. know, well, this game's over already. You yeah. know, so, but um, and then sorry. Beyond that, uh, as well, you got uh, you know, your regular weekends where people come in. And our, you, you'll see a regular crowd, but you, you have an opportunity with the Super Bowl to really kind of hook people who are here maybe for the first time. Like, are, so are you guys doing anything special beyond the game and what's happening here? Um, just the game. Then what I mentioned down in the event center, we'll be doing a, you know, the banquet style a buffet down there. They'll have a bar and they'll have the game avail- or available yeah. there. Um, and then... What we'd like to do, too, is, you know, parlay the Super Bowl into events, you know, for things like March Madness, March Madness you know, yeah. and grow out, do giveaways, you know, things like that, Ducks, Beavers gear type thing. So do you have all right, the Super Bowl feels like it would be huge, but the March Madness event, is that a bigger deal to the sports book than the Super Bowl? Yeah, I at least as like an employee working, I, I think so, just because it's it's not a one day thing. You know, it, even yeah. the Wednesday before it starts is, is everyone's betting, and then it's four straight days of just, you know, pure mayhem. You get three days off, and then it's back to four more straight days of mayhem. And so it's, just, it's I, w- I would say the Super Bowl is probably the biggest event, but just how long March Madness is, it's yeah. it's just <laughs> its own beast. Now, do you have friends who ask you, like, hey, give, us, give me your advice on a wager? Because my sense is, you know, this is like asking the manager of the restaurant, hey, what, what, what are you eating on your breaks? <laughs> right, you know what I mean? Right. Like, what, what do you tell your friends? 
My, my go-to is um, I'd be standing where you were if I knew who was going to win the game tonight. <laughs> right, you know, right. I'd be on the other side of the counter. But it's, I don't know, you'd like to think that you pick up things here and there, but I wouldn't say that my betting record always <laughs> proves, my, proves me wrong in that regard. So. Well, you're on the right side of the counter then. <laughs> yes. Yeah, yeah. All right. Hey, I appreciate you stopping by and having us here. Thank you. Good luck to you in the Super Bowl and, uh, and March Madness as well. And Yeah, thank you, know. you guys for coming out, and we really appreciate having you. Well, I, I think we're going to get a whole bunch of listeners to come out for the Super Bowl. Now, how do, if people want to come out for the party in the Super Bowl, do they have to pre-register, or can they just show up, or what they, do you recommend? Uh, up to them. They can pre-register online. I know tickets are available on the Spirit Mountain website right now. Um, you can show up to the Coyote Club desk day of. Um, okay. Kind of up to you how you want to. Love it. So uh, the tickets are $25, and there's a buffet. Is it all you can eat? As far as I know, it is all you can boneless eat. boneless wings or uh, regular wings? <laughs> Ooh. I, I think maybe you should have a little of both. I heard, my, well, I heard my, earlier it's yeah. boneless or uh, oh, chicken nuggets. You're right? only going to have one person that needs boneless wings. His name is John. Okay. <laughs> I'm a big fan of the boneless wing. All right. Thank you, Justin. Appreciate Thank it. Thank you. Man. All right. Leave it here. Uh, coming up, the 5 at 5 at the... Top of the hour, 5 o'clock. Plus, Dennis Dixon will be joining us, former Oregon quarterback. You got the BFT. We are at the BetMGM Sportsbook at Spirit Mountain. Back to the bald-faced truth with John Canzano. Live from the BetMGM Sportsbook at Spirit Mountain Casino on 750 The Game. A lot of college basketball going on tonight. You can uh, wager it right here at Spirit Mountain. That's right. We're in the bet MGM Sportsbook at Spirit Mountain Casino. We're broadcasting all the way to 6 o'clock. I've mentioned throughout the show that we'll get a visit from Dennis Dixon, the former Oregon quarterback, uh, coming up in the 5 o'clock hour. Anna's going to give us the 5 at 5. Are you working on the 5 at 5? All day. Yeah. All day. I know. Yeah. I know. Yeah. Crack team of researchers (laughs) assisting me. (laughs) <laughs> yeah, uh, yeah. You actually, you volunteered at our kids' school this morning. I did. And were you doing your research then, or what were you doing in the classroom? No, I was, uh, you know, trying to keep jackets off the ground and uh, keep kids from falling over chairs. Can we talk for just a second about teachers? Yeah, they're saints, man. You don't know. Like, if you haven't volunteered in your kids' class, you should just go. Just go for like an hour, and you can see like. What absolute saints our teachers are dealing with these uh, monsters. I uh, I don't think I have that patience. I don't. I know. I'm, I'm like I spent an yeah. hour in there, and I'm like I've done my time. I'm out. I'm glad that you go in there, though. I think all parents, like you said, parents should go in and see it. See yeah. your kid in the wild one time. Mm-hmm. Well, who are they at school? Well, because there's a lot that like you don't know. Like depending on the age of your kids and how willing they are to share with you about their day. If you know they're like typical kids, you ask them how their day was, and like good. You know, you don't get a lot of yeah. detail. So if you're in there, you actually get to see what's going on and, you know. But they're in there like, okay, so they're go, let's say the kids go in at 8 o'clock in the morning. Yeah. They're there till 3. That's 7 hours. They're, uh, they're there five days a week. That's mm-hmm. 35. Yeah. So for 35 hours, they're out of your care. Who the hell are they when they're out of your care? <laughs> yeah. Who are our kids? Give me an idea. Our, our kids? I need to know. The uh, six-year-old and the eight-year-old, the, what are they like? The six-year-old is very assertive uh, and uh, all, almost, like, very assertive. I don't want to say bossy, but she's very confident in class. Because uh, she knows she has no pull at home. Uh, yeah. And so yeah, she goes to school and she's like, you yeah. know what? 
suddenly she's queen of the hill. And um, they're both, they're very, like, I don't know how our kids wound up being so, like, righteous and, like, rule followers and wants to make sure nobody's saying bad words. Because, yeah, the you eight, know. the eight-year-old came home and she was like, somebody at school said the H word. <laughs> yeah. And I was like, what is the H word? And she was like, dad. And then later I said hell. Yeah. And she said, yeah. Dad, you said the H I know, word. I know, I know. I was like, That's a, is that a bad word? Well, it depends on the context. We've had a lot of conversations about profanity lately. <laughs> so I don't know what, why they're so good, because we're really not. And, uh, but that's just how they are. Um, do, but, they, do the yeah. kids talk about their parents at school? You, the things that you hear in a first and third grade class will just absolutely crack you up. Yeah, because you'll find out all kinds of things about people's home lives, whose mom has been sick and throwing up for a week, who in their family has a rash. Like, if you don't want your kids publicizing uh, secrets about your family, you should not tell them because whatever they're hearing at home, they are rebroadcasting to their entire class. Just just a public, public service. I love that. I, I can't wait to hear what they're saying about me. I know. At the school. Yeah. So anyway, thank you for going into the school and volunteering. But a shout out to all the teachers. And uh, if you uh, have a teacher in your life, your significant other's a teacher, give him a fist bump, uh, him or her a fist bump for me tonight because I think teachers are underpaid, undervalued, overworked, dealing with a lot of stuff still out of the pandemic. Oh, yeah. They're still dealing with it. Oh, yeah. Because the, if you think about it, like kindergarten, first grade, second grade, they were out of school like for a year and a half to like, yes. you know, they were not in school. And kindergarten, first grade is where you learn how to like sit at your desk and be a student. Yeah. And so now like what are the second and third grade teachers getting? Yeah, they're getting kids that uh, are a little bit underdeveloped, you know, like behaviorally and socially. They just didn't have that. And a lot of our kids for a couple of years, you know, like I'm going to say it, like we, a lot of our kids were just sitting on screen times and like watching kids YouTube or whatever mm -hmm. for a couple of years. So their reading is behind, the writing is behind, like there's a whole new challenges right now coming out of the pandemic that I don't think parents are even fully locked into and the teachers have a lot on their plate. It was like Pac-12 football when it didn't start on time. Everyone said they were behind because they didn't get the practice time. <laughs> yeah. And they, you know, that, that, that year that they started late. And then they said, oh, we didn't get spring football. That's kind of like the second and third grade. Yeah. So they didn't, they were all thrown out of balance. Uh, yeah. And, and there, took, there's yeah. a gap right now. So like really like check in with your kids and figure out where they're at on their reading and writing, especially because those are the two areas that have really, um, kids have been set back the last few years. See, sure. we got really serious here for a second. I know. I know. But anyways, teachers. I love you. Keep doing what you're doing. And uh, obviously, we, uh, we, I've got a soft spot for teachers. And the BFT Foundation is there for you as well. If you're a teacher and you uh, encounter a kid who needs something in their life, a, black, a backpack, if you need a set of books for your classroom, you want to go on a field trip, go to baldfacetruth.org. That's the nonprofit arm of this show. So on one hand, we say things like hell on air. And on the other hand, we provide books and field trips for schools. So there's balance on this radio show. Uh, we are uh, going to do the 5 at 5 coming up at the top of the hour. Uh, I wrote today at johnconzano.com, if you read me, I wrote today uh, some, some interesting things about Oregon and Washington as it pertains to the Pac-12 conference. I want to talk about this for just a second. 
there's this perception that Oregon and Washington might hold up the Pac-12 conference as it tries to, you know, negotiate a media rights package. And, you know, the, the Ducks and the Huskies have watched USC and UCLA go to the Big Ten. And I think there's a lot of fear uh, from Oregon fans and Washington fans. They don't want to get left behind. Um, you know, I, I have been curious if the Huskies and Ducks are holding up the negotiation because this thing is dragged on. It was supposed to be done in, like, October, November, December came, no deal. January came and went, no deal. We're now into February. Uh, I found out that, I, you know, I talked to both, both universities and, and administrators at both universities, and I found out that Oregon and Washington are not holding this deal up. I'm told that there's been no deal presented to them. They have nothing to vote on. I'm also being told that they're eager to get a deal done. And so if you're out there worried like, hey, they're going to get left behind, don't worry about Oregon and Washington getting left behind. I think they're better off in the Pac-12 than they are in the Big Ten. They have an easier path to the playoff in the Pac-12 where they're only competing now against 10 uh, schools for an automatic bid versus 16 or maybe 18 in some of the other conferences. And Oregon and Washington should be at or near the top of the conference in most football years. So if you're a Duck fan, I think you want to be in the Pac-12, not the Big Ten, not just for tradition, but because it, you have a competitive advantage. You, you know you can win the Pac-12 and you can get to the playoff. B-F-F-T. Now, built by High Caliber Millwrights, live from the Bet MGM Sportsbook at Spirit Mountain Casino, here's John Canzano with the ball-faced truth. We're at the Bet MGM Sportsbook at Spirit Mountain Casino. Anna is here, Stevens here, Judah's here, Dennis Dixon's here as well, former Oregon quarterback, two-time Super Bowl champion. Uh, he'll be along uh, to talk football. We're going to talk about his ACL, too. I want to know how he's doing and what he's up to now. Uh, Dennis Dixon coming along at 5.15 or so. More specifically, about 5.18. But, uh, Anna, we're going to do the 5 at 5. Uh, this show has flown by. Yep. Do you know, like, there's, there's some days, look, I'm not going to lie. There's some days where maybe it's the middle of summer. There's nothing going on. And I feel like i gotta, I got to hype myself up a little bit before the broadcast starts. But, but not not when football season's on or March Madness is on, and not when I'm in a sports book apparently. Because you know, the, from the minute we got in here, I felt like this has just flown along. I feel like I've done about 45 minutes of radio, and here we are sitting in the third hour. Yep. So that's fast. This is good stuff. It's uh, it's been fun. A lot of people starting to assemble here too. So if you're in the vicinity of Spirit Mountain, stop by, pop into the sports book, and check it out. It's uh, it's a sight to see, man. I mean, like it's a slice of Vegas. Like we had the sportsbook manager Justin on, and you know he talked about his experience in Vegas. I could feel the influence here, you know. And uh, this is not like some, you know. I've been in some casinos. I'm just gonna say I've been in some other casinos, and I've seen their sportsbooks, and it feels like it's a closet in like some obscure part of the casino. This was uh, this is like uh, you know home plate. We're, we're in the sweet spot of the casino. Well, and I thought what's interesting, too, is he's saying the experience that he brings from Mandalay Bay, where he used to work at the sports book, he says he still has so much to share 
you know, as far as like running this place and how it ought to be run. So it's uh, you're in good hands if you're here, and it's clean. That's what you are into. I'm really into it being clean, clean and air. the air is fresh, yeah. and it's just a pleasant place yeah. to sit. Well, <laughs> it, stop by, uh, check out the show. We will be here till six o'clock. Uh, obviously, they've got restaurants on site and Ten Barrel Brewing, and they've renovated the 254 hotel suites here at Spirit Mountain. So. It becomes a destination as well. Uh, every day in this segment, Anna comes up with the five most ridiculous, interesting, important stories going on in sports. I have no idea what she's going to do. I'm just going to react to the stories. This is how we do it. Let's do the five at five. The five at five. Number one. Anna, go. We'll have to hear what Dennis Dixon thinks about this, but Pro Bowl running back Arian Foster said in the latest episode of Barstool Sports, macro dosing, that the NFL is rigged with players receiving scripts at their lockers during training camp every year. He's saying it's like the WWF. You know what's going to happen, but you've still got to put on a show. Now, what's hilarious about this is that a lot of people have missed the fact that he was giving this account tongue-in-cheek he was kidding he was kidding he was being sar sarcastic sarcastic but the headlines are saying that he's saying that the nfl is a conspiracy theory it's a scripted league and you know the internet's blowing up about it this is fake news it is right? it yeah. literally, literally fake news, fake news. It, but look I, I i don't blame people coming out of games belly aching about the officiating I think we can always look at the officiating. I did in the AFC Championship game. I thought they were ticky-tack, whatever. But I don't think it's scripted. Anybody who thinks that the NFL is scripted should be right here in the casino with me, betting on all the games and just making a fortune. Come on, give me a break. It's, uh, it's uh, the NFL more so than maybe any other professional sport. I really don't think the league office cares who wins because they always win. I mean, look at the amount of money in the television deal. Look at how the small market teams in this sport thrive. This doesn't happen in the NBA. The small markets are at a disadvantage, but a team like Kansas City can become a perennial champion and a contender because the NFL shares revenue, gives the highest draft picks to the worst teams, uh, gives the, you know, the worst team gets the easiest schedule the next year. Everything is set up to create parity. So Arian Foster being sarcastic. Do you ever run into people, though, that, they think they're being sarcastic, but other people don't recognize it. Like, you know what I mean? Oh, yeah, all the time. That's a problem. <laughs> so I think Arian Foster sh shoulders a little bit of the blame here. He needed to be more sarcastic or more clear that he was being sarcastic when uh -huh. he said he was scripted. Or people need to read beyond the headlines. Or people just need to be reasonable. Give me a break. <laughs> Number two in the five at five. Uh, Tom Brady uh, has retired again, right, in quotes. But Patriots owner Robert Kraft wants him to sign a one-day contract to retire with the franchise. I After thought, all. I thought you were going to say Robert Kraft was in the Orchids of Asia Day Spa again. That's where I thought you were going with that one. All right, so he wants... Not too soon for that he one. He wants... What does he want? Well, he wants to offer Tom Brady a one-day contract so that he can officially retire with the team since 20 of his 23 years in the NFL were spent with the New England Patriots. I don't know. I mean, I guess it's ceremonial, but, it, like, the Patriots celebrate. They threw parades. They won six Super Bowls with Brady as the quarterback. Like, do they really need, like, the ceremony of one more great Tom Brady moment? Like, it'll make the rest of us sick. 
Is that really worth it, Robert Kraft? And why do I know the name of the day spa that Robert Kraft went to? Yeah, that is an interesting detail. Like, why is that burned Orchids into my mem- memory? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Number three in the five at five. Uh, Aaron Rodgers, I'm curious your take on this. He for sure says he's not going to San Francisco. Okay. So if he gets traded this offseason, it won't be to the 49ers. He's not going to San Francisco, he declares. Why? Is he, he's got something against the 49ers? Doesn't look good in their colors? What? He just doesn't want to go there? No. He's he, just... But he was a guy, like, he went to community college at Butte Community College. It's That's about an hour and a half from the San Francisco Bay Area. Yeah. You know, like, it's semi-local for him. But it maybe the bigger thing is they've got Brock Purdy. They've got Trey Lance. Like, bringing Aaron Rodgers in. I'm not sure the 49ers want Aaron Rodgers either. Like, you know, it, like, this is like somebody saying, you know, I don't. I'm not going to date fill-in-the-blank of a supermodel. <laughs> like, I don't think the Niners want him either. Not quite like that. Kind of. He's weird. Aaron <laughs> Rodgers is strange. You wouldn't want him. If he wanted If he wanted to go to the Niners, you wouldn't want him? I, I would be interested. In, I'd be curious to see how it went. But I don't think they need him to get to a Super Bowl. They just need somebody who can stand behind center and catch a snap. If they can find that... They'll be fine. They've got a great running game, a great offense, Christian McCaffrey, George Kittle. They've got Trent Williams, their tackle, locked up for multiple years. I was looking at the free agents that the 49ers would have this offseason. Robbie Gold, their kicker, is like the biggest person that they need to think about re-signing. They are, they're, they're pretty much set, I think, for the, uh, for the next round. But Aaron Rodgers, where is he going to end up? Peter, where is Aaron Rodgers going to end up? What's your bet on that? Oh, man. I don't, I, I'm not sure. I really don't have a good feel. Maybe uh, Aaron Rodgers, probably not back with the Packers, but somewhere else. The way he looked around after that last uh, regular season game uh, didn't make me think he was coming back to Green Bay. Uh, what are we on? Number four in the five at five. <laughs> uh, so we've heard a lot about Travis and Jason Kelsey. Yes. They will become the first brothers to ever face off in the Super Bowl. And so people are calling it the Kelsey Bowl. But I love this story. Uh, A fan has started a petition to let their mom, Donna, do the coin toss before the big game in Arizona. Uh, A Chiefs fan, Amber Smith, is lobbying the NFL to let Donna participate in that tradition. And this petition on change.org has... 15,000 signatures already. 15,000 Chiefs and Eagles fans voting for this. Uh, It's a cute story. I mean, two kids in the NFL playing against each other. I saw the video of the dad uh, hugging his son as he came off the field, and pretty cool for that family and a good story. And obviously the Kelsey family, uh, for people who follow the Chiefs or follow the Eagles, uh, a lot of success in the NFL. Uh, I always looked at like uh, the parents of college players when I go to cover college games, and I see them on the plane, and then I see them in the parking lot tailgating, and I think, how much fun is that? I think from an NFL standpoint, like how much cooler would that be to have your kids playing in the Super Bowl, and oh, they're playing against each other. Who do you think they're rooting for? Both. Do you think? They have to. No. They can't pick a side. I think, you look, uh, Travis has got a Super Bowl ring with the Chiefs. I think uh, they'll root for the uh, Eagles, maybe. Yeah. You know, so that everybody gets one. Those, that's the most <laughs> parent thing ever. Number five in the five at five. Oh, this is a fun one. Uh, Derek Jeter admits to using 
the infamous golden thong to break out of a hitting slump with the Yankees. Wow. He admitted this while playing True Confessions on The Tonight Show with Jimmy Fallon. Um, he admitted that he once wore a thong in public in front of thousands of people. Wait, he explained underneath his uniform? Uh-huh. Explained that one of his teammates used a gold thong to break out of a slump, and for a while uh, he shrugged it off as nonsense, but then he hit a slump. This He's talking about Jason Giambi. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Who... Had yeah. spoke about the uh, spoken about the advantages of using this during his career. So in 2004, when Man. Jeter went ice cold to the plate, he was willing to try anything to get back on track. He wore the golden thong over his usual undergarments for the game, and he got instant results. There it is, the golden thong. Another thing I didn't need to know. That's why you come to the show to hear about. You're Derek welcome. Jeter. You're one, welcome. One thing I didn't. One more thing. Should we have a golden thong, like, in the radio world? Like, let's just say you're struggling with a show. Maybe Peter or Steven has to wear the golden thong. Like, maybe they're in a slump on air. Absolutely. No? Great no? idea. Good Great idea. idea. You know what surprised me when I found out? Okay, so I'm covering Major League Baseball in 2001, and uh, I'm in the Bay Area. I'm around the A's a lot. Do you know, like, how few Major League Baseball players actually wear a cup? What? At the game. Really? Do you know what a cup is? Yeah, it okay. protects you, their pro family jewels. Protecting the family jewels. There are infielders in Major League Baseball who don't wear cups. I didn't know that. I thought everybody in the infield would have a cup on. Like when you're in Little League, the umpire would be like, you know, has everybody got their cup on? And everybody was like, yeah, yeah they knock on their cup. And everyone got my cup on. But Wait, in, they knock on Yeah, like you have to, you know, knock on the cup. And then uh, – <laughs> But I found out, like, the, uh, yeah, the A's had a third baseman who wasn't wearing a cup at the time, and he said it. And I was like, well, you're not, you don't wear a cup, and you play third base? And then I started asking players, and they were like, it's uncomfortable. I didn't wear one in the minor leagues, so I don't wear one in the big leagues. And then I was like, this is like kind of like NFL players who don't wear the thigh pads and the knee pads in their, uh, in their you know, football pants. Wow. So there you have it. Not everybody in the infield is wearing a cup. The catcher is, yeah, but not You'd everybody hope. else. You'd hope the catcher is. I hope the catcher is. Dennis Dixon's coming along next. Stick around for it. I promise we'll get this show back on the rails. Uh, Derek Jeter in the golden thong. You can't unhear that, can you? We're at the BetMGM Sportsbook at Spirit Mountain Casino. Stop by if you're in the neighborhood. The Dan Patrick Show. This day in sports history, Paulie. Uh, 1985, blank became the first Heisman Trophy winner to be elected to Pro Football's Hall of Fame in Canton. First yes, Heisman Mark. O.J. O.J. Simpson's correct. <laughs> oh. O.J. <Hello>, Simpson. <laughs> Hello, Twitter. Hello, Twitter world. It's me, your pal Uncle O.J. <laughs> I love this day in sports history. Oh. Dan Patrick, weekdays 6 to 9 a.m., 750 The Game, and 750thegame.com. Back to the bald-faced truth with John Canzano, live from the BetMGM Sportsbook at Spirit Mountain Casino on 750 The Game. Seated right beside us, wearing two Super Bowl rings, former Oregon quarterback Dennis Dixon has slipped in here. You won a Super Bowl ring with the Ravens uh, against the 49ers. Correct. That was the game where the lights went out at halftime. <laughs> 
Yes. And you won another one when uh, the Pittsburgh Steelers were playing the Arizona Cardinals. Yes. In uh, Orlando. That game was in Orlando. Yes. That's right. In Tampa. I'm sorry, Tampa, Tampa. Okay, okay. So help us out. Uh, first, let's talk about the lights going out at the Super Bowl. Oh, man. What do you one, remember? Well, everybody was excited to see Beyonce play at halftime. I think the players included. I think we were, like, all in the hallway just trying to see if we can see Beyonce from afar. Um, <laughs> but to – to take it back to there, you know, halftime usually during a Super Bowl is really 15 to 20 minutes going back there and kind of, you know, readjust and, and organize for the third quarter. But what was supposed to be 20 minutes turned to 45 to an hour. Like, to kind of really get warmed up and get ready to go again, it was kind of, it was kind of, um, I say, tedious. But at the same time, it gave them a lot more of, um, time to get their their things together because we were rolling the first and second quarter of the first half for sure. Those games those games are always weird. Sorry, Steve. Yeah, like what do you what yeah. do you do to stay loose in that situation? Because I mean you guys, you know, you're you're working out like you're 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 stretching out all game long and then it's got that break. Like what do you guys do in the in the off time right there for that forty five minutes? Because that's so unusual. Well I'm gonna tell you one thing. I think um you would look to the head coach as far as hardball, but our head coach at that time was Ray Lewis. That was his last year. Mm, yeah. So everybody looked up to him. Um, he always gives a lot of good inspirational speaking um, before the game, after the game, during the game too. I think the one uh, at halftime was a little extended, which was great, um, getting everybody together, getting everybody ready to go for the third quarter. So we looked at our leader and, and Ray Lewis getting us ready for third. What was Ray Lewis like in practice? Oh, man, he got you excited to use the bathroom. i tell you that. Like, man, like, he was a lot of energy. Um, you could tell, like, he he prepares day in and day out. He's the first one there, first one, a last one to leave. He has that mentality alongside with the quarterbacks as well, too. But yeah, essentially, he is the quarterback on the defensive side of the ball, right? So he's always there. He's always representing to the utmost, even in the locker room, from the weight room, everything. So... Very, very, very a professional. Dennis, I uh, covered you in college at Oregon, yeah. and uh, everybody remembers, you know, I, I think as I go back, I remember even some struggles for you early yeah. at Oregon. Yeah. Chip Kelly shows up. What did, what happened in the offseason with you and Chip Kelly that made you the quarterback you became in college? Um, I think what Chip Kelly brings to the table, he, 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 um, he pissed his – his, his players in the best situation possible using their talents and I'm always I always want to throw first and I use my God-given talent and running as well um, but the, the the spread offense was something new to us at, at one point right um, I was in in high school I was always under center um, I did the wing T at times too but uh, it was something that I was used to as far as being uh, in shotgun and obviously running the run and shoot too. But uh, I think he gave us a lot of bad situations in practice. So when the game came, it became easy for us to kind of really to adapt and adjust whatever the team was uh, bringing to our table. What was it like at that time? Because at that time, like, that's when Oregon was really popping and becoming like the it school around the nation. Like, what, what did it feel like as you guys as a team in the locker room seeing, you know, you guys are the talk of college football. Yeah. Like, how, how was that? Uh, we bought into what Chip Kelly was selling early on. Um, he was always, you know, rambling like, we got to move fast, fast in and out of the huddle. We didn't know exactly what that meant until we went to fall camp. And we did so much conditioning, it was crazy um, to get us ready to go from, from, from sideline to sideline. It was, it was intense. But I think uh, everybody sold in right away. And, People were committed to what he was really selling, like I, like I mentioned, on both sides of the ball, and it definitely showed. Senior year, that senior season, you guys had it rolling. 
you got hurt. Yeah. When did you hurt your ACL? <laughs> and when did you know it, it, this really isn't going to work? Yeah, so uh, it was actually that Arizona State game, uh, college game day was there. Um, it, it was tough. I partially tore it. Um, but I, I wanted to get so many opinions as to what I should do. I, I've been I've been told that a lot of people play on partially torn torn ACLs, uh, but the the statue that I play, I, I run the run and gun, right? So that was kind of really limiting my 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 abilities, right? But I uh, partially toured in Arizona State. Then we had a bye week, so I had two weeks to kind of really get that second opinion that I was looking for. And, Initially, it was my decision to go and just lay it all on the line for my teammates. Um, at that time, we were it was a Thursday night game. Yeah. Um, we were number two. Um, I was definitely high on the Heisman list on, on everybody's board. So I said, let me go ahead and leave it all on the field for my, for my, for my brothers. Um, if I, I would do it all over again if I had yeah. to, to be honest. So, yeah. How, how limited were you, though? Because it felt like if you just could run straight ahead, you were fine. All the way. As you yeah. see, I had a touchdown, uh, yeah. a 60-yard scamper right yeah. at the sideline. Um, anything linear was perfect. If I had to do anything lateral, good night, and which which you did the third series. Yeah. I, I thought about you because we were watching Bo Nix this year. Ooh, yeah. Late in the year, he couldn't, he couldn't yeah. move. Yeah. And it was evident, like, they were just snapping him the ball, and he was throwing it. And I was like, that kind of reminds me of how they tried to get it's by. Tough. It's really tough. With you. It's really tough. to. I mean, that mobility is huge, especially if that's a big piece of your game. Um, but I think he handled it well um, with Coach Landing and team as well, too. But it's unfortunate that I couldn't finish the season. But uh, I was three weeks shy. Three weeks shy. If you stay healthy, I don't. I think you guys are playing for the championship. We are. We're playing against Florida. I mean, that would have been a great game to watch, to be honest. Um, but we had so many injuries. Everybody was going down week by week. And I think they would, the, the icing on the cake was mine. Um, the whole team just derailed after that, but I'm happy that we finished on a good note for the for the seniors that time um, in the Sun Bowl. Uh, look, you go to the NFL. What don't the rest of us know about the business of football when you get to the NFL? And you know, you're in training camps. You're trying to find. You know, it starts over for you really as a pro. Yeah, I think uh, when you're low on the totem pole, when you don't really, when they don't really have a lot of money invested in you as a player, you don't really get a lot of opportunities. Um, and a lot of people think that you get a lot of opportunities as much as possible. Practice is very limited. It's scripted. Um, a lot of the plays go to the first team for the most part. Um, and if you're scampered in there due to injury or whatever it is, that's when you get your opportunity to kind of really show who you are. So initially that's the part and when you low on the totem pole and you're not highly invested as a player um, in their organization it's kind of hard to get reps. Brock Purdy with the Niners goes from third string Ooh. last guy drafted Man. to starting 13 or 14 games. I, I was pretty impressed with that but give us an idea because you've been you know a, a guy who's been in camp waiting your turn. Yeah. When they turn to you and go okay it's your time you're on like mm -hmm. what does that feel like? Uh, as a professional, it came. It's the next man up mentality, right? So you can't you can't drop off at any at any sign. So I think as practice comes along, you got to be well ready because you're a play away from actually playing. And I think Purdy, I mean, he when this opportunity came, he definitely took full advantage of it. And he doesn't really have to do too much, to be honest. He has a a crazy defense. Right. And obviously, he has so much talent around him. Just managed the game, which he did. He did very, very well. You talk about the situation that Brock Purdy's in with San Francisco. Like, you were kind of in that situation with Pittsburgh, too, right? Yeah. The great defense and that organization. Just what is it about that organization that keeps winning? We were talking about this off the air real quick. Like, 
how they won 10 games this year? It, I don't know. I don't know how they did it. But like, what what is in that organization that they do that keeps putting out winners year after year? Man, it's tough. It's it, with the blue collar blue collar players that just want to just play and play to win. To be honest, savvy veterans. To be honest, too. The Pittsburgh Steelers when I was there, um, obviously had a lot a lot of savvy veterans on both sides of the ball. Um, obviously, Ben Roethlisberger being the franchise quarterback. We had we had Charlie Batch as the backup with me, and then my second my third year there. That's when Byron Leftwich came. So they bring so many savvy, savvy veterans on both sides of the ball so you won't miss, miss a beat. But when your name is called, you better be well prepared for sure. All right. We're going to let uh, – Dennis, will you take some questions from both people in the house here and listeners as well? If you've got a question for Dennis Dixon, 503-417-7575 is a number. He's uh, here with two Super Bowl rings on, and he's here to answer your questions. Oregon Ducks – Football-related. I want to find out what he's doing now. I want to know what it was like to play for Mike Tomlin, among other things. If you've got a question for Dennis Dixon, you can line up now at 503-417-7575. We're broadcasting today from Spirit Mountain. We're at the Bet MGM Sportsbook. Stop by if you're close. More with Dennis Dixon coming up. Leave it here. Back to the bald-faced truth with John Canzano, live from the Bet MGM Sportsbook at Spirit Mountain Casino on 750 The Game. You remember Dennis Dixon from his time at the University of Oregon, or maybe you remember him in the NFL with the Steelers and the Ravens. He is with us here at the Bet MGM Sportsbook. Uh, he is wearing his Super Bowl rings. He's got two of them. We were talking during the commercial break about uh, name, image, likeness. I want your phone calls, 503-417-7575. Dennis will answer your questions if you have them. Uh, uh, Dennis, uh, we were talking during the break about Reggie Bush mm. and name, image, likeness. Mm. In your era, you would have uh, made six figures, seven figures <laughs> to play college football. Yeah, that senior year would have been amazing. <laughs> it would have been amazing. I wouldn't, I'm curious as to how much I would have generated for sure, but... Uh, I'm happy for the players now on um, really capitalizing on their name and everything for sure. Do you think it'll cause problems because you know maybe a guy like Michael Penix or Bo Nix is going to get seven figures and some offensive lineman doesn't get anything, or do you guys understand? I think it's going to create a lot of uh, chaos. To be honest, it's just not just just the sport itself. It's just sports as a collective unit, both male male and female, right? So you may have somebody that's a, a Hall of Famer in golf. But she doesn't get as much credit as a as a quarterback for the football team, right? Because they generate so much money. But at the same time, she's at the same caliber of a college quarterback, you know. So it definitely will will create a little little little, little buzz for sure. Do you think it, Do you think it's good for the game of college football or college basketball that it's almost turned into a free agency type thing? Because we've seen guys like Caleb Williams leave Oklahoma after having a successful year, go to USC because that's where the money is. You think that's good for college sports? I don't. To be honest, it's, it's like yes or, and no. At the end of the day, I can see the, the 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 good, and obviously I can see the bad in that as well. Uh, but as as individuals, as players, I think it can somewhat be a distraction because you're so money hungry. But at the same time, it's all about winning and obviously getting a degree for sure uh, and moving forward. So I get, I think you gotta have your priorities in order. But it depends on who the player is. Who would have made the most money in your era in college football? 
like I say, I think Reggie Bush probably would have made a lot of money because he was very exciting, electrifying to see. I wanted to see him, to be honest. Um, and obviously playing out in my conference with USC. I would say probably Reggie Bush probably. It made, me, it made me sad to see USC and UCLA leaving. I know, right? Yeah. I know. That's, that's tough. That's, that's going to be tough. When does that start, 24? 24. 24? Yeah, yeah, one more season. Yeah, yeah. One it's more tough. season. Dennis tough. Dixon is with us. Uh, he's going to answer your questions. If you want to line up at 503-417-7575 or if you have a question in your in-house let us know you can walk on up and uh, Stephen will handle the microphone but Michael is in uh, Michael is here Michael is in Oregon and Michael welcome to the show uh, you're on you got a question for Dennis Dixon go ahead is Michael there how you doing Michael Michael not there Peter I don't hear Michael uh, no don't hear him either uh, go ahead, uh, Stephen. You're up, man. Uh, just do you think that um, also with the NIL deals, the the thing that I worry about because you know I love college sports. Uh, I've mentioned I'm a big college basketball guy. Do you think it's going to turn into a spot where you know everybody's looking to be at the big time schools, and it hurts those mid major schools that we've seen have good runs in the NCAA tournament or even in college football, right? You've seen like you know UCF have really good seasons. Is it going to hurt those smaller schools because everyone's going to be out trying to get as much money as possible? You think? Um, I don't think so, but it depends on the coach too. The coach can can, can definitely turn things around too. I have a lot of coaches that are that are going to small schools and making a big big impact. But obviously, the big schools are going to make a lot of noise, regardless if it's a coach or the player, whatever. But I think it, it starts with the coach first, um, and you got to be able to buy into what they're selling. So as you see, a lot of people are going to Colorado. I mean, uh, to, yeah. to, to 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 the to the Buffs because of why. Yeah, because of prime, right? So, not to say that that's a small school. That's a huge school as well, too. But it depends on who the coach is, and that's what players are going to. Would you want to play for a guy like Coach Prime? Is that, is that I, a guy who fits you? I, to be honest, he's on the other side of the ball. To be honest, he has that that mindset. If I had a, a quarterback mindset, yes, I will definitely go to the Buffalo to the Buffs for sure on that. I'm interested in that because when you play for a coach who is offensive-minded as a head yeah. coach. Yeah. How different is that than maybe a defensive-minded head coach? I love that, personally. And I think that's where Caleb Williams kind of capitalized in Lincoln Riley, for sure, because he's that offensive mind mindset. Um, and I, I had to say, in, in my time at the University of Oregon, that's exactly what Chip Kelly was all about, too. Uh, mindset was more so on the offensive side, uh, up, up and down, just going fast as we possibly can to gas the, 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 the defensive players, you know, um, to have them fatigued out for sure. Uh, Mike Tomlin, what was he like to play, play Ooh, for? He yeah. was, a, he was a, a player's coach. He took care of his players. Like I said, it was a savvy team. Like, everybody knew exactly what they had to do as far as pre preparation, so it wasn't a lot of, like, teaching. Um, so he took care of his players. So on Tuesdays, there's no pads and all of that. But the mindset of everybody on that team knew come Friday, we better be ready to go. Judah's stepped in here. Judah's got a question for Dennis right. Dixon. By the way, if you're listening, 503-417-7575, you want to ask Dennis Dixon a question, or if you're in the room, you can just come on up, and Stephen will uh, cue you up if you would like to ask Dennis a question on air. Go ahead, Judah. Dennis, you know Chip Kelly. Yeah. You know life in the NFL. Yeah. Why didn't Chip make it in the NFL? Oh, man, that's that's tough. When you, when you take that, that scheme – as, as far as that run and shoot and RPO um, to, to the next level, um, a lot of players are just as fast as the quarterback. 
<laughs> so it doesn't really accumulate. Then unless you got someone like like number eight with Baltimore, now you can make it happen, right? Yeah. So it's all about timing and opportunity. And obviously he didn't have all the weapons that he kind of really need to really make that offense really go. Um, but if he was with Philadelphia right now, oh, yeah, he would definitely make it happen. <laughs> Let me ask you on that because, you know, when he got there, there was a bunch of questions like would pro guys do what the college guys do? Like, you know, he's controlling what you sleep, how you eat, talking to – would the – do you think pro guys didn't buy into that stuff with Chip, or did he have a harder time because they didn't trust him? Or I think he probably had a harder time because players probably didn't really buy into what he was really selling. I'm always going to end up saying that. And yeah. I would say maybe a good example in the NFL that really made sense early on was Arizona with Kyler Murray. Obviously, with, with, with Cliff being there. Uh, Kingsbury being there, it made sense that first year, and they made a splash, right? Um, so I, I can see it working. It all depends on who your quarterback talent is and obviously the players that are around him. Let's go to a phone call. Uh, David is in Vancouver. He's got a question for Dennis Dixon. David, you're on with Dennis Dixon. Go ahead. David. Yeah, I want to hear uh, a little baseball talk. Oh. Uh, <laughs> it was brief, but let's hear it. That's all I got. Oh, baseball? Oh, for me? Yeah. Oh, yeah. They, I appreciate you talking about that. To be honest, a lot of people may not know, but baseball is absolute, is my first love, um, to be honest. I played a lot of baseball in, in high school. I got drafted twice. I got drafted in high school to the Cincinnati Reds in the 30th round. But I decided to go and play football. Um, and get my degree because my mom wanted me to get my degree in college. So, um, But the thing about baseball, you can get uh, drafted your, uh, a second time your junior year, which I did. I ended up getting drafted by the Atlanta Braves in the fifth round, and I ended up going to play that summer um, to play a little rookie ball um, in the double-A um, ball before I had to go back to my senior year. But um, was I was ready to stay, to be honest, David, but uh, someone by the name of Chip Kelly came all the way to Orlando, Florida to kind of convince me to come back for my senior year. Oh, so wait had, a minute. He yeah. came out there? Yes. Did he know you were thinking about staying? Yes. And he yes. said, Dennis, you got to come back. Mike Bellotti at the time was our head coach, and he knew that I was not coming back because baseball was definitely my first love. Absolutely. Do you regret not staying with baseball? or? Uh, no, no, because the thing about the Atlanta Braves, um, they gave me – they gave me an opportunity to go back, to come back from, from my senior year and obviously graduate and, and come back where I left off. A lot of organizations don't do that from a baseball standpoint. So I was like, man, that's a golden ticket. So why not and see what, see what comes out of it. And, yeah, I wouldn't, I wouldn't regret anything moving forward. All right, we got a, a question in the room here. Steven, I'll throw it to you. Go ahead. Yeah, we got a question from Bob right here. So here's Bob. 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 Hi, Dennis. Um, my question to you is, what do you think that the NIL is going to do to college football long term? Oh, man, I think it's – when it comes to the NIL, like I said earlier, I think it depends on just the actual school itself and making sure that everybody's equally, like, distributed, if, if, if you will. It just can't be on solely one player. Uh, I think if they decide to go down that way, it would definitely hurt the, the college football in general. I think you got to make that evenly distributed in order for it to really work long term. Yeah, and I think, too, you gotta, you got to think about, like, some of the collectives – are just trying to retain players like Oregon State and Washington State. They just want to keep their guys. They don't yeah. want USC and Ohio State to take their best players. Yeah. And other schools are out, you know, it's like free agency. 
you know, all over again. Charlie's in Canby. Charlie, you're on with Dennis Dixon. Go ahead. Charlie. Hey, Dennis, man, you're one of the all-time greats. Uh, my question for you is when Chip came in and you had to learn that whole new read option offense, how big was the learning curve? And also, how sophisticated is it? Because I've always been told it's actually really simple once you understand his concepts. And because I actually played small college football just right down the road from where you guys are at right now, but I was ahead of your time, and I would be looking like the Barman Bailey Circus if I was playing against you guys <laughs> after I watched what you did in Michigan uh, on national TV. That was uh, pretty incredible. It was a uh, sleight of hand and, you know, pretty wonderful to hear to Christina right now. A lot right of fun now. to watch that game. Yeah, yeah. Um, to be honest, oh, man, like the, the, incredible. Yeah, the learning curve to is learning learning the, the the RPL game and everything. It wasn't really really hard to be honest. So you're correct on that. I think um, um, Chip made it very easy from an offensive standpoint. It maybe maybe one play or one gesture from the sideline, and it gives us the entire play. Um, so we had maybe our first 15, and then obviously he has his his go-tos and favorites as long as or with me as well. Um, and it just jailed. I think we had so many different plays, but it's the same. It's, we had so many different formations, but it's the exact same play. And he was definitely a guru with that. For Give sure. me an idea because we saw it. it that went to the NFL yeah. where it would be one word and everybody knew the formation, the play, whatnot. Like what was that like at Oregon? Can you remember back like what a play call would come in from the sideline, what it would be? Yeah, I mean, it, it could be like um, – it's, it was something like uh, one word can be Rita or Lisa or whatever it is, obviously right or yeah. left. We always had our words and left words to kind of signal where we're going. So anything from whatever you can think of, Lakers, you can talk Raiders, you can say whatever you Ringo, want. So, Ringo, Ringo, yeah, Ringo. Yeah, yeah. yeah, and you're going right. So, yeah, yeah, exactly. And then obviously we can be able to adjust it and go something like, like Peyton Manning and go Omaha and go opposite wherever mm -hmm. we're playing. So it always goes back and forth. But to answer your question, it was a lot easier than what people thought it would be. Yeah, and we saw the signs on the sideline. Yeah. Did the signs mean anything, or was the signs just there to tell us like to just confuse people? Well, like it's always the squares, right? So it's like – like it was maybe like on that square board, like one out of the, one out of the four was was on, um, yeah. and a lot of other ones was a lot of dummies. Mm -hmm. So it, it depends on who you are as a, as a, as an organization. Yeah. But for us, definitely, it was definitely one of those one of those images yeah. on one of those boards okay. was definitely a green so line. So I'm in the press box at one game. I look down. He's got my face on one of the boards. Yeah. <laughs> he had my column on the board, and everybody was giving me a hard time. And I was like, yeah. I guess I'm on the playbook this week. Yeah, I mean, I mean, I, I don't know what that can be. It can be your last name with Kazano yeah. as far yeah. as being, you know, right up the middle as far yeah. as screen. I don't yeah. know what it is, but it, whatever it was, it's a significant to what your image is. Yeah. We went with it. Let's go to Charlie, who's in Canby. Dennis Dixon is with us here at Spirit Mountain at the Bet MGM Sportsbook. Charlie, you're on with Dennis Dixon. Go ahead. Charlie. Oh, you just had me. Oh, sorry. Yeah. Going to the next caller. My bad. Let's go to James and Eugene, listening on Fox Sports Eugene. James, what do you got? Hey, Dennis. Hey, you were a great at Oregon and uh, enjoy watching you play. I, uh, the last caller referred to Michigan. I had a chance to actually go to the big house and see that in person. And uh, I just wanted to find out how that kind of rated as on your college experience. Um, and uh, it, it was amazing to see you guys give it to, uh, give it to the blue out there. Um, and it was just a great memory and uh, enjoyed having you uh, at, at Oregon. Yeah, James, I, I'll be honest, that's probably like one of the best games um, 
to kind of really put Oregon and myself on the map for sure. Um, they had they gave us no chance going in there. Obviously, they losing previous to Appalachian State, and we ran pretty much a similar offense. So, uh, but we ran a little bit faster, and I, I think I will say we have more talent on the outside on the perimeter. Um, and I just had to exploit that. But I tell you one thing: 110 fans that first series, yeah. it was pandemonium. I can barely hear myself, right? Um, but once we start going, it became a home game, <laughs> to be honest. And we were rolling. I remember after the game, they had Michigan had some recruits there, and after the game, the the Michigan recruits were all going, "I want to go to Oregon." Uh, <laughs> I want to go to really? Oregon. Yeah. I did not know that. Yeah, it wow. was on the field after the game, but. Uh, get, talk about that atmosphere, maybe. The atmosphere at Michigan, the atmosphere in NFL stadiums, Autzen stadiums. Is, it, is there a different feel in a college game versus an NFL game when you're a player? Uh, when you're a player, absolutely. I mean, the, 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 obviously the 12th man I would see in Seattle was pandemonium. I would say it's Autzen Stadium, they're right on you, and they're just as loud. And I have to say, the bigger the stadium, obviously, the more and more now uh, the noise it is. And obviously, playing in the big house and just having an array of yellow all over the place. And obviously, we're yellow as well, too. So it kind of really made sense for us, too. But it's extremely loud. And obviously, the the the, the fans can make a difference in the game for sure. Steven, you got one? Yeah, Mark, uh, Mark, an employee here, wanted to know a question. He wanted to know, like, what was your experiences against the Beavers and how many wins do you have against them? Do you have a favorite memory from those type of some Beavers, yes. I remember, like, my favorite memory against the, the Beavers was uh, when we changed uniforms in the middle of the game. Uh, or before the game, uh -huh. um, pre-game, um, and it was the Fog Bowl. I think that was called the Fog Bowl at the time. Um, we went, we had our original jerseys, and then we came back out for the actual game and came in something totally different, shocked the world, and I think that's when our whole jersey carousel kind of really started. 2009, you threw a touchdown pass with the Steelers. Yeah. What is that like? What was that like for you to throw it? You, you did it in college, yeah. but you get that shot in the NFL. It's nothing like it. I, I, yeah. I would say that's that's a dream come true that I obviously play in the NFL and actually get an opportunity and actually score. It's 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 so surreal to be honest. And to kind of really get two Super Bowl rings off of that as well too, John. It's been it's I couldn't write it up any more than what yeah. I could be because honest. you get a lot of guys who will get to that level and it you know it doesn't go well or they yeah. never get an opportunity yeah. and. And I think your teammates probably all knew what you had been through to get even to that point. True. You True. know, and, and you, you throw a touchdown pass in an NFL game, no one takes that away ever. They can never take yeah. that away from me. Yeah, yeah. exactly. All so, right, so you're yeah. wearing the two Super Bowl rings today. Yeah. Do you have a favorite? Does one mean more to you than another? I would have to say probably the Pittsburgh Steelers. And the only reason why I would say that, too, is because the Rooney family gave me an opportunity to live out my dream for sure, to get drafted. Um, didn't think that I, I would ever get drafted, let alone get drafted in both sports, both baseball and football, in the fifth round, which is wild. Uh, five plus five, which is number 10, which is my favorite number. Yeah. So that it just works <laughs> out. But I would say uh, favorite ring is definitely the Pittsburgh Steelers because of that alone. All right. You don't wear them around like no. on, a, on a Wednesday no. at the gym. Jim, you're not wearing no, your suit. No, no, no. This special occasions. This is probably I can count on, on my hand how many times I wore these rings. To be honest, I like it. All right, Dennis, we're going to talk about what you're doing now coming up. I yeah. want to know what you're up to. I know you're doing some training out yeah. with Nike at, yeah. in Beaverton. Yeah. Dennis Dixon is with us. Uh, we're at the Bet MGM Sportsbook here at Spirit Mountain Casino. Stay tuned. Back to the bald-faced truth with John Canzano, live from the BetMGM Sportsbook at Spirit Mountain Casino on 750 The Game. 
Dennis Dixon is with us. If you got a question for Dennis Dixon or your Duck fan, Beaver fan, doesn't matter. You want to ask Dennis Dixon a question? He's fielding questions right now at 503-417-7575. We talked all about Chip Kelly. We've talked about the ACL, uh, the Super Bowl rings, and uh, your experience in the NFL. I want to know what you're doing now. Are you working with Nike? Are you doing some private training yourself? What, what are you up to? Yeah, go ahead. yeah, so I am. Uh, I'm actually doing training. I'm a performance elite coach um, for the Jordan brand. I'm doing a lot of contracting work, so I'm, I'm outside, not inside the brand. But I, at one point, I was inside the brand, but I'm outside the brand now. Um, but I still have a lot of good relationships with them, and they call me for events uh, out there in L.A. Um, I'm responsible for six high school basketball teams out there. They're off-season training. Um, alongside with my own brand and Dixon Fit Performance, I'm, I'm locally, obviously, in the Portland area, in the Beaverton area, and I take, I cater to the everyday person as well as elite athletes, too, from high school to college and on. All right, what are you seeing, like, in, in everyday people, at, you know, who... Or they just want to get in shape. They want to. Are they are they training for something? Like when they call you, what's their goal? Um, people are getting in shape, and they're 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 actually want to be how I say an athlete in their in their own right. And mm -hmm. I get a lot of runners, to be honest, too, getting yeah. ready for the hood, the coast, or whatever yeah. it is. Or yeah, for the most part, they got a lot of shows. People kind of really getting that physique going on as well, too. So I get a little bit of everything. A little, a lot of pickleball players. Are you seeing that? Are you seeing that's pickleball? actually getting popular. That's actually getting popular, to be honest. Have you yeah. played? I played once or twice. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's kind of. I think you'd be tough. You'd be tough in that game. I actually like that more than tennis, to be honest. It's yeah. really good, but I like that. I love yeah. it. What yeah. are so you work when you work with like a high level high school kid? Yeah. Think back to where you were at that age. Are our kids now? Do they have a better understanding of what it takes, or, or are they? Do you look back and go, "Gosh, these kids are just the same as I was at their age"? Um, I would say people more more developed than others. I would say it depends on what region you are too. I think California brings brings a lot of talent to the to the area, uh, but a lot of a lot of people really don't get a little not a lot of notoriety in Oregon. It's a lot of talent out here as well too. So to answer your question, you do get yeah. a lot of good high profile athletes that kind of really get it and get it early on and off. Yeah, and I've seen some kids like Jackson Shellstead at Westland High. He's Ooh, a phenomenal yeah, athlete. See? Uh, in, many of them. I mean, I'm sure you're working with some of those kids. So if people, if listeners would like to uh, get training with you, how do they find you? Uh, yes, uh, www.dixonfit.com. You can find me there, or you can find a lot of my content on social media, on Instagram. Uh, it's at D-R-O-O-P-10. Uh, um, you can find me there, um, as long as TikTok, too. Um, it's at work510. So I utilize those two uh, media outlets to kind of really highlight what I'm doing. And I, I want to ask you, like you the trainer, could you have worked with Dennis Dixon, the high school athlete at that time? Absolutely, <laughs> absolutely. You know, the knucklehead that I was. But I, I know once I get on the court, I, I am so competitive and I just want to win. So I always had that mindset and I still have it to this day. It's interesting that you're, you know, you're still in that Nike world, yeah, right? Yeah. Uh, all these years later, you entered it from San Leandro High yeah. School. You go to University of Oregon, go off to the NFL, Jordan Brand, all of that. Uh, you know, what was Phil Knight like? in your time to have him around how much face time did you get with him 
you know. I, I say early on, he's very hands-on with the with the with the organization for sure, with the program. Um, he really always wants to know what's going on, what's the place, everything. Um, it's been told that he definitely has the headset in his in his box, yeah. So he hears everything. So he's listening um, to coaches. He's listening to the coaches and everything. So he's fully dialed in for sure and what you need, and it's, it it definitely resonates with obviously everybody that's around there, including the players. What do you think it would mean to get? A national championship for Chip Kelly. We got about 30 seconds. Oh, it would be uh, for Chip Kelly. I mean, for for Phil oh, Knight. For Sorry. Phil Knight. Yeah, I'm yeah. gonna say for Phil yeah. Knight, it would be awesome. I, I hope that it happens, and I think we do have the talent moving forward. You know, with Coach Landing and obviously Bo coming back, I like our chances. All right, Dennis Dixon, thank you. Yes. You're gonna hang out a, a little bit if yeah, people yeah. want to get pictures with Absolutely. Dennis. Yeah. Uh, I'm at Spirit Mountain Bet MGM Sportsbook. Thanks everybody for listening. Thank you.